every turn that you make. Don't listen. Just visualize your goal, know exactly where you want to go. Trust yourself. Get out there and work like hell. Hello humans, welcome to the M-Word, the Manx Sports Podcast, brought to you by Martin. That's me. And Matt. That's him. Hello Matthew. Hello. Nice to see you again. You as well? You say that. <laughs> uh, just a quick shout out straight into it today. Quick shout out to Billboards.im, our sponsor. Digital advertising, seen them around town, seen their boards, go and chat to the guys. They've been really good to us. Get your brand out there. You know, things to, you know, I suppose things to sell, but businesses to promote. They're the guys to go and see digital advertising, the future of advertising with billboards.im. So we're going to plow in, if that's okay, Matt, straight into our guests. So let's introduce them. So welcome to Erica and Ollie. Thanks for joining us today. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure. So, first question we kick off with all our guests, and we'll let the ladies go first. Are you uh, come over, Manx, 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 or Manx as the Hills? Manx as the Hills, oh, really? as far okay. as I'm aware, yeah. I think that's the first fully Manx, Manx, Manx as the Hills we've um, had. No, I'm pretty sure, like, both my parents are Manx. And grandparents? Mm, see, that's a tricky one. I, um, I think there's Irish in there, so maybe I'm oh, right. Just not as Manx yeah, as Manx I think Manx. I am. Oh, Manx, Manx, that is, sorry, yeah. Manx, 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 Manx as the Hills is, yeah. Is, yeah. Just You're saying yes or all the time when you... Yeah, I'm not. No, 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 no. Just bang, 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 Obviously, folks coming over to yeah, they were. I think my family from the Wirral originally, and right. kind of Warrington area, and then yeah, came over when I was one. So okay, and uh, just what age are you guys now? Twenty-seven. I'm twenty-six. Okay, all right. Okay, so to, so to get things started, before we sort of dig into, I suppose, the, the story itself, I wanted to play a game of Mrs. Mister and Mrs. TV show, <laughs> probably more from the eighties. I don't know whether it's still on now. Where basically I get you to argue and, and end up getting divorced. So I got some theme music. Good job, we're not put. married. <laughs> uh, well, this will put an end to it, I, I, I presume. So I've got some theme music on my phone from the series, which will probably sue us for copyright, but who cares? Cool. Yeah. We can all sing. Leave that to Erica. <laughs> So yeah, so Mr. and Mrs. Manx, that's what we call it. <laughs> so question out of you two guys, uh, who's the most competitive out of the two of you? Ooh. Oh, I don't know. Um, Are you both competitive as each other? Would you, if you play, both played Monopoly, would you both be super competitive about who wins? We get shouted out for being too laid back. Oh, right, by who? Yeah, I feel, I'm I feel like it stuff. depends what it is. If my head's in the game, I'm, I'm pretty competitive, but... Right. Board games, I can't really get mad into them. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a tricky one. Right. Sorry, that no, was a right. great yeah. start. <laughs> so obviously, one is a, a walker, one's a runner. Which is the hardest out of the two sports? Walking. <laughs> Running, obviously. <laughs> He's lying. He's tried walking. Yeah. He knows how hard it is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the hips for it, yeah. all the flexibility. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, where did you go on your first date? Tinwald oh. for hot chocolate on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Oh, right. Very romantic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awful weather, wasn't it? It was awful weather. I think this was like the first time I'd met him and like I got blown over in the wind. Literally oh, right. blown over. She it just wasn't. couldn't, you know, help herself. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't the smoothest move, no. but. <laughs> Do you know the uh, other one's favourite 
Favourite crisps? <laughs> you. I'm going to go with hula hoops. Mm, For you? No. no. Oh, okay. oh no. <laughs> you have a lot of them. <laughs> Anything uh, upper class for Ollie? Kettle chips. Yeah, it's got. It's got yeah, he doesn't like, know those classes in crisps. He literally words? like he he like levels things. I'm not really a crisp fan, but when I do have crisps, they got to be kind of division one, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. See, where's Wopsits on that list? They'd be down the list. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna fall out. What about Pringles? Oh, oh don't mind them. No, they're Pringles like a proper treat. All oh, right, they're yeah. fine. Premier yeah. League, are they? Yeah. yeah, Doritos are good as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. They make good crisps. Yeah. Trying to think of all the other kind of walkers they've got. See, it fell in really that. Carlos might be kicking our ass. Yeah. Premier League. Monster Munch. Yeah, that's another one, isn't it? They've got to be Premier League Monster Munch. They're actually pretty good, actually. Yeah. Oh no. You don't like smelly cri- smelly, smelly foods though, do you? Oh, no, no, no. No. Pickled onion. Oh, I used to eat a lot of them. I had them when I was a kid, I think. Yeah. I'm trying to think of poor crisps now. Like skips. Yeah. Skips. Oh, I like skips. You used yeah. to just let them dissolve in your mouth. Yeah, That's what I, on your skips. I think yeah. I remember as a kid getting like Tesco value. They're poor. Oh, right. Yeah, poor. Yeah. Like, Tough and It's in the name. Ultimately. And the final one then was, oh no, I've got two more. The best present the other one bought you. Presuming you've actually bought each other presents in your life. Have you bought me a present? <laughs> <laughs> Here we go again. Um, I don't even think. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably, um, it sounds really lame, the house plan. <laughs> the oh, monster yeah. house plan. No, that's, that's a good one. It was Ollie's idea and then his parents didn't know what to give me for Christmas so they gave it to me. Right. But it was great. Have you killed it yet? Or it no, it's still alive. Right, yeah. I think uh, you got, well, Erica's got me two prints now from my first marathon in Frankfurt. Oh, and right, she got okay. me, uh, when I did my PB for the half of Valen- mm. in Valencia, she oh, got right. me like a print of my Strava route. Oh, right. And okay. put it into like a frame. Oh. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then the opposite question, what's the worst one? <laughs> oh, oh, we could fall out. <laughs> maybe the yoga block you got me for Valentine's Day <laughs> I mean I figured you know he wouldn't buy it himself so helping you out because you can't touch toes I'm not getting involved with yeah, this I wouldn't know actually it was obviously so good I haven't remembered so bad I haven't probably remembered loads of, you've yeah. <laughs> everything but the Okay, all right. All right, well, thank you for that. I haven't got an out music, so uh, it was just to get, out, get to know you a little bit more and potentially uh, let you argue on the way home. Okay. So growing up then, uh, again, we'll start with the ladies. Erica, where did you grow up on the island? Ramsey. Ramsey girl, okay. And schooling in Ramsey as well? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And were you doing sport at school at your age or not really interested or...? I mean, in primary school, it was just like standard PE games, but at about the age of seven, so primary school age... Uh, joined Northern Athletics and I've been a member ever since. Oh, right, okay. So, and then uh, did a bit of cross country at primary school age, and then it was as soon as we got to secondary school that things really kind of. I obviously you get to ch- try lift, like loads of different games lessons yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and loads of different sports, and from there I ended up doing like hockey, netball. Bit of everything. Uh, more so team sports, but carried mm. on with the athletics in the background. Right. So. And the athletics was that a variety? Because obviously you're walking now, but was that a variety of running and, and or? 
Yeah, so like you, I, or did you even walk back then outside of obviously walking no, to school? <laughs> I didn't, literally never walked until a few years ago. Um, I obviously like tried everything, um, but I ended up uh, being quite quick. Um, yeah. So I right. did, yeah. So I ended up doing like the hundred meter sprint, um, okay. hurdles, and high jump. Okay. Yeah, so, so completely d- different to where I am now. Have your parents got? Uh, ath- let's call it athletic pedigree. Do they do athletics? Not a single bone in that oh, body. Right, okay. No. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no. So it's just something that kind of comes it, Yeah, I don't yeah. know where it's come from. So, yeah. Right, yeah. Right. What about you all? Uh, South Island. So, okay. uh, Cast Town, Player, and I'm now in Colby. So, right. yeah. And what about and your, your parents? They've got an athletic background. Do you want to give a bit of background yeah, to those guys? Um, yeah, so my mum was a marathon runner. Right. She was a GB marathon runner. Um, in the 80s uh, mm. she won the Great North Run as well right. um, I think that in the second race they had it on right, women okay. so um, my dad was a steeplechaser so right. Oh, right. Uh, okay. he was more like middle distance um, did he run for GB or was he no he was just a, a decent club runner, club runner. I think right. it's fair okay. to say yeah, yeah um, right. and my mum kind of came on the seat uh, it was she came in at a time where women weren't allowed to do marathons. Um, oh really? I never knew there was such yeah, a time. Yeah, so it was right. quite late on to be honest. Right. I think she was uh, running in like the early 80s um, and it was basically around then that women could just step up to the marathon because right. they okay. weren't allowed. Right. Um, and yeah, she was definitely better at that than the shorter distances. So. What, what type of time would she be running? Can she ran 2.36. Right. Okay. Wow. She was, I believe, four seconds off the Olympic standard. Right. Um, at the time, but right. I think she would have been out of it anyway because it was there was four people already got the standards. Ah, right. Okay. Um, in, in our last podcast, we were chatting to was it Lindsay? We were chatting about steeplechase and learning about yeah. that. And where at what age you start doing that? Because mm. so you go over a hurdle mm. through water, and there must you know obviously I assume like ten year olds aren't doing it, so there must mm. be a lower age limit. Yeah, I think it's it's like race walk in the sense it's quite a technical event, right. um, and it's bit of an art to try and like save energy while you know running fast because it's only 3k um, oh, right, okay. but it's also i think it's got a bit of a reputation for you know fail track runners kind of do steeple chase you know, <laughs> oh, right. you know so it's ouch <laughs> but no the, the, that's the, the reputation that's thought, the reputation yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and obviously that's not the case with some athletes yeah yeah, yeah. and that so all steeple chases are 3k are they yep all oh, right okay yep. we did school though yep and at school then were you doing sports as well yeah, I did everything as a kid. Yeah, right. I, I played football. Um, yeah, did, couldn't play rugby, but yeah, I, was, uh, I was on the pitch. <laughs> Not really built for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Running down uh, the wing. Or that's still. it. Yeah, just running down the wing and then that's it. Uh, yeah, did it. I played a bit of golf actually when I was in my late teens. Uh, I was part of the Peel Junior setup there. Right. Um, and I was kind of then just juggling golf and running a bit. Right. Um, taking Probably taking my golf a bit more seriously. Right. Um, and I got down to an eight handicap, which at oh, the time right, yeah, was not yeah. bad for my age. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, but then when I went to uni, that's when running—that's when I took it seriously, right. really. Um, but yeah, as a kid, I always knew I was naturally good at running, but um, just wanted to try everything. And, um, and I assume, obviously, your parents were very much try everything type of mentality and not pushing you down a run, run, run. Definitely, route. yeah. I mean, they were both both runners, um, but they were never—they never rammed it down my throat. They right. just basically just support you in doing yes, any, any sport anything. Uh, hockey as well I'm, my dad would be every every week he'd be watching me play hockey like mm-hmm. castle russian it's a wind pit there so he'd just be freezing there and i'd be playing every week you know playing hockey so he's so doing I, everything I, I, 
whenever I was at school, it was those annoying kids that were good at everything. That was one of you, was it? Was that you? Um, yeah, I wasn't good academically, maybe not so, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sport-wise, yeah. And was that was that the case then at school? Was, oh, everything's falling over. Sorry, that's my fault. And the dog's panicking. Uh, the it was more interested in doing sports, particularly than. Yeah, I was just. I just remember as as a kid, like just like all I wanted to do was just be outside playing right. and, or, you know, just when I was a lot younger, you know, just yeah, yeah. playing football or climbing trees, you know, yeah, just generally trouble. just, yeah, causing trouble. <laughs> um, but yeah. We chatted to Neil Gregor a good few episodes. Would he been down at Castle Rush then? Would you, were you at Castle Rush or were you just playing a sport down there by coincidence? Just or playing just a school. sport. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, school I was at King Bill's actually. Oh, right, okay, right. <laughs> so right. rivalry. Right, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. Right. Okay, so, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I was, yeah, I spent a... Um, yeah, a bit of time there, just playing sport anyway, so. And then, you mentioned there, you went to uni, you started to uni, where did you go to uni? I uh, went to St. Mary's in Twickenham. Right, okay. And the golf, golf went to one side. And yeah, I, it's funny, I actually remember there's another lad that um, I um, got friendly with during freshers, and he was a, had a bit of a golf background. We went down to the local golf club around Twickenham, and we just inquired about a membership, and if they did student fees or anything like that. I think they did a student fee. And I think it was about eighteen hundred for the year. Bargain. And That's we were just like, yeah, well, golf's out the window now then. No sneaking on at night to play. I no, think. yeah. yeah um, right, okay. But then I later found out that the running is, you know, it's either you do running or you just don't bother. So. All oh, right. And there was that. Was that obviously like you think? I think of things like Loughborough, where it's very sport orientated. Was that a sports orientated uni? Definitely. Yeah, they had a. Obviously, being in Twickenham, there's a big rugby scene right, there as okay. well. Um, but it's the endurance centre in the UK. Um, oh, right, so, like, is know, that one reason you picked it? Yeah, yeah. I actually got a, an offer there before I got my A level results, so right. I knew I was already going, which was a, a bonus. Um, but I, I kind of knew in sixth form that I wanted to pursue running, and oh. so having that opportunity to go was a no-brainer. Right. Okay. So then, it, just to go back at, at sixth form, you you do a lot of running at that stage and. Yeah. I assume, yeah. Yeah. Locally, how are you performing? Uh, locally, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll be under twenty. So yeah, I was. Uh, we couldn't run as much as the seniors, but I'd always kind of do like say so it was like cross country. We'd do four lap. We the seniors would do four laps, say. Um, and I remember only doing two or three, but I would carry on, uh, oh, just right. go through to the finish and then carry on, and then I, you know, nine times out of ten, still win the seniors. Oh, right, so okay. I knew I was, you know, a pedigree. Yeah, good locally. Um, yeah. And I competed across as well, um, but I, yeah, it's university that really brought me on. Yeah, okay. And for you, for you, Erica, when you finished school here, over here, what did you go to uni? Were you stay on the island? What was your next step? Um, so the plans were to go to uni yeah. to do a biomedical science. So my choices actually changed three times. Right. Um, What's biomedical? Well. It's just like uh, like the <clears throat> sort of chemistry behind science right, sort okay. of thing. Um, so you'd end up work. You could basically end up working in a laboratory in a hospital, oh, okay. those sorts of things. Um, but yeah, so the plan was to go to uni, uh, but I ended up finding out that I needed uh, a corneal transplant, my first yeah. eye transplant. So okay. uh, I kind so of had to yeah, put that on hold, basically. Right. So on that, that side of it then, so you mentioned earlier before we came on air at 14, you, you became aware of, of an eye condition. Yeah. So talk us through that. How did, how did you first come aware of that? Obviously, I assume the eye. Yeah, problems with eyesight, but yeah, I think it was just like uh, in primary school, I had to get moved to like towards the front of the class and stuff just oh. because I couldn't read the board from where I was. Um, 
And I think it was just a case of I was short-sighted back then. But then um, I, like, as time went on and I got into secondary school, I was picking up symptoms of like um, dry eyes. I was getting corneal abrasions just by waking up. What's I was a corneal getting, abrasion? So it's like uh, I would blink and the cornea, it's like the window of your eye. Uh, it would tear or scratch, and that's just from right. the eye. The is that because the eye's dry then? Yeah. So and that like it kept happening, and I ended up I was just in and out of like the eye clinic at Noble's Hospital, um, always patched up, looking like a loser. And uh, because I was such a frequent visitor, they were like, "Okay, something's not right." Um, and then we found out like genetically in the family. Um, there was a con- like an eye disease condition oh, right, okay. called lattice corneal dystrophy. So it's degenerative, so it just gets worse and worse and worse. Right. Um, so do your folks have it then? Or is it my, generations? Or? Yeah, it's on my mum's side. Right. So mum, we got it from mum, and then I'm one of four siblings. And it seems that the oldest sibling in each family has missed it. So okay. uh, my oldest sister's missed it, and the other three, we all got it. Oh, right, okay. But like all at completely different like severities so it's not meant to affect you till you're like mid 40s i was just unlucky <laughs> right, okay. basically um so that's around sort of first aware 14 yeah. diagnosed at when i suppose at fully 14, done yeah. right okay right okay yeah so um, what's the process then of managing that situation or can't you it's just boring. um so like i'm on uh i was transferred to uh the royal in liverpool because okay. it's got a eye center there um, so I'm still under their care today, um, and it's just constant eye drops right. every hour, um, just to like keep the symptoms at bay. You can't do anything about the eyesight; that's just tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and will it will it slowly go at different pace for different people? It's just yeah, I think so. Right. Um, I mean, like it's. I feel for me, it's been such a sort of slow decline that I've like <laughs> not really noticed. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> so yeah. like, and then I think I've then. Because I don't, I don't like come across as I can't see. If that makes sense. So I, I've got like literally no vision in my left eye and about ten centimeters in my right eye. But because I don't come across like that, I think it's because I, because it's been such a slow process. I've learnt very subtle ways without realizing of getting on with it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, just adapting around yeah. it, it slowly. Yeah. Right, okay. And that'll just, just continue, will it? That. Yeah. So it, 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 like in the short term, I've had. Uh, corneal transplants to both eyes and like so which bits of that are the eye that's, that's the, the very front like that like right, the window the it's like um the best way to describe it's like looking through dirty windows oh, right, okay. basically oh, right, and the okay. windows just get dirtier and dirtier right. um is, so is there a limit to how many times you can do those transplants then i think there is uh so i know that i've had one on each eye mm. and they've both like not worked so mm. then they've done something called refraction surgery which is where they kind of redo it using the same cornea um but i the success rate hasn't been good with them either so i the next step is laser treatment Mm. so i think that's to kind of basically there's a shortage of corneas now and brexit won't help so (laughs) um laser treatment is like the next step forward to kind of just get rid of the top layer to see if that helps and to get someone else's core whatever yeah yeah so Thank you to them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind yeah, of. Yeah. <laughs> I think, because uh, that's something actually, when you talk about like uh, donors, because I think by default, no one's a donor or then you have to opt in. Yeah. And I, know, I think there's places in the state where it's the other way and you have to opt out and by, you know, you yeah. haven't, basically haven't opted out. I think you might do it on the driving license that 
as soon as you get a driver license you opt in by default so unless you tick that box you opt out which seems to me a better way of doing it because certainly I've never completed anything to donate my bits not anybody would probably want them but yeah, uh, it's an I'd awareness much it the thing. Other way. Yeah, yeah, you must prefer it to be the other way. Just take them as default. I think they're thinking about doing it now. Right. Um, yeah. But it's also like no one wants to donate their eyes. That, like, people see when you, when you hear people yeah. say about it for some reason they're happy to take everything else, but, but not, not their eyes. eyes. But like I've even even though like I know my eyes are terrible, I'd still donate them to like research because yeah. I feel yeah. like that would help mm-hmm. to kind of understand the condition better because it's rare. So. Mm. Um, that, that's interesting. Just last night talking, I was at a, what you tend to do on a Friday night is go to a seminar about the psychology of serial killers. So I was at one that's last cool. night. Yeah, it was really good actually. Well, they were talking about the frontal lobe and how there's, that's often a pattern for, for serial killers when they've got issues with their frontal lobe. And that ties into, I was saying to the people I was with, uh, concussion, which was big in American football, which Matty and I are both into, and the effects of how concussion can have that impact on, on, on it. And I was talking about a fellow called Junior Seah, who was an American footballer, and uh, shot himself uh, in the heart to kill himself because he knew he had a problem with his brain. But he wanted to go to research to to to. This you was just watched the a documentary on something. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. he, he no, not similar, but similar problem. Loads of con- or few concussions. Well, they kind of it's pinned terrifying. it on that a bit, didn't they? At the end, yeah. they kind of. Yeah. wanted to have a solution as to why he did all that. Um, yeah. so it makes sense. Yeah, because yes. actually, when I was in America, there was the guy that. Have you seen the film Concussion? Yeah, yeah. Will Smith, well, yeah. So yeah. the guy, I can't remember his name, the guy yeah, that actually remember. did the research in real life, he did a talk right. um, I went to and it was really interesting. Yeah, he yeah. was just basically just giving all this research to the NFL and they were having none of it. You know, yeah, they were yeah, just, so. just refusing it yeah. completely because yeah, obviously yeah. it's embedded into their culture in America. So there's no way that it's going to happen. Yeah, I think it's such a cutthroat sport you lose. I suppose it, I mean, they say it now with footballers that they don't want to come off because they'll lose their you know, the place in the team and presenting a career, etc. And I know mm-hmm. was, that was a big problem in the NFL. Yeah. I, let alone the NFL, and kind of, from what I believe, just kind of covered it all. Well, yeah. it, I, I say believe it ended up being a £600 billion pound lawsuit yeah. that they lost yeah. or something like that. But yeah, it's funny the, uh, well, it's the right mentality of mm. donation should be default back yeah. to the original point, mm-hmm. shouldn't it? Yeah, okay. Uh, sorry, so t- I'm wheeling back now. So, we, uh, so did you end up, I know we slightly got off topic, did you end up going to uni then? So, because I couldn't go that first year, I ended up at Because of the eye? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because the recovery's quite long. Okay. Um, I didn't want to be doing nothing, so I went to the Isle of Man College and did more A-levels for two years um, in health and social care. And then applied to um, uni to do nursing, so different again. Okay. And then realised, wait, I can't deal with vomit. It's just not, and I was just like, if that happens, I am going to be useless. And Vomiting like, as well. Yeah, and then luckily, well, not luckily, I ended up having another transplant on the other eye, oh, right, <laughs> so okay. I couldn't do it again. Um, it was so, like a vicious cycle. Right. Um, so it's originally in the eyes, just one eye, and then it. No, moved. it's in both. Oh, it yeah, is both. Right, yeah, okay. but they just kind of declined at different rates. Right, okay. um, and then I decided I really want to go to uni. Um, changed again and I'm with the Open University now okay. so I don't have to go anywhere I don't yeah. have to go off island yeah, I can yeah. study anywhere I could travel uh, doing psychology and counselling alright okay so it's. I decided to do it part time because when I was making that decision I was slowly getting into sport and needed a way to fund it so I was working part time so I'm fine uh, loads of different things mainly admin work right. but I've done loads of different 
interesting jobs. But um, yeah. What made sorry? What made you go to psychology? I I'm just really in, I'm fascinated basically by how the brain works. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that was on. Um, just fascinated like basically and like you I, like the rise of mental health and stuff like that really interests me and I think that's a a career path I can mm. see myself going down. Um, but yeah, I'm finally in my last and final sixth year. So. All oh, right. Okay. So it's kind of because it's part time. I presume yeah. it's a three year course, but you do it. Yeah. Just, sorry, you it just do takes it twice six. as long. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Right. So dissertation year. All oh, right. Okay. Okay. Mm. And then, and then is the have you had during? Appreciate we jumping forward now. Have you had any practical experience in regard to working with, I don't know, sports psychologists or whatever that might be? Only personal experience right, okay, within yeah, sport the, of yeah, working yeah. with. Rich yeah, Sill, yeah. sports yeah, psychologist. Right, okay, so, because right. he's my he's my mentor, so I got assigned to him. Okay. So he doesn't. We don't really do psychology as such, but he just challenges me to think outside the box yeah, with yeah. training and racing and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Obviously, been on the pod and uh, I think I say it, keep saying it on different podcasts. It's so, such an interesting subject. Hence, yeah. While I was so trying to learn about serial killers yesterday. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, yeah. Okay. Uh, so you, you go back to you all. Uh, uni start running quite a bit then i guess yeah uh, could, uh, do you then represent your uni in running races throughout the i presume through the uk against is it uni just uni based races or do you uh, uh the club scene in the uk is obviously massive so it's mainly i'd say club running and okay. then we'd have the books um like one you know one cross country one uh, indoors and then the outdoors as well right. um and then everything else is club running yeah and at that age and at that time is the distance and the runs were you particularly gravitated towards so you do halves and fulls now mm. was that something or was it 10 what were you out there uh, I was always there over longer stuff um, yeah just more I haven't quite got that raw speed you know right. um, but um, yeah I just run 4 minute 40 miles but, yeah, yeah well miles it's, it's weird because <laughs> like, yeah. like in a tactical slow race in a 10k I would fancy myself over the last lap so oh, I right, have got okay. a good turn of speed but it's that speed endurance that you know 1500 5k pace yeah. um, I can't do it for a long time but I can kind of kick you know off, yeah, a, pay, yeah. off a decent pace so mm. um, so uni it was longer distance stuff yeah so I um, just like Keith really um, right. he was on your pod um, he did. He joined St Mary's and went in with. I think he went with Mick Woods. Um, and that's exactly what I did. I went with Mick Woods, um, and he's uh, yeah generally quite uh, quite longer stuff. Really, it's mm. uh, like three sessions a week, and probably the shortest session you do on the track would be like ten k or five k oh, volume. Right. So, okay. um, and then all the kind of milers would go, or eight hundred meter runners would go with um, Craig Winrow, who was the other coach at right, the time. Okay. Um, and they would have there'd be two groups basically, yeah. And the book, the type of training you do and when you're doing those runs, are they like interval type of running or is it just steady miles? What's yeah? So uh, when I was with Mick, we we would do track session on the Tuesday. Uh, Thursday would be a grass session, similar distance, and then Saturday would be longer reps. Like we might do uh, like ten minutes, seven and a half minutes, and then like three by five minutes, right. maybe something like that. Um, but now. Uh, I only do two sessions a week with a longer run in in the week, and then everything else in between is just easy running. Right, and, okay. You know, tempo stuff. And, yeah, yeah, just yeah. dead easy, really, just recovering. And you know, we do much stuff outside of running, so strength and conditioning. We are believer in that. 
I say believable. Was that sort of on the radar particularly? And um, I know yoga Saint, with your yoga blog. Yeah. <laughs> As I know now, St Mary's has got a huge uh, strength and conditioning facility, and when I was there, we didn't have that. Right. Um, we just did a bit of like core and stability, and like yeah. some dance studio that was there, and right. I, we did that like maybe once or twice a week. Um, but yeah, not really. Um, it's only since I went to the states, um, I did SNC, and that gym was like, like incredibly huge and it right. was massive but and, and they, you know there's coaches there that specifically for strength and conditioning so that's when I kind of started doing that and then um yeah now I'm a, a huge believer in it I think it's like it's helped me massively right. um, just that, yeah and so. um, injury you believe helps with injury prevention that type of thing. Yeah. yeah I mean touch wood I've uh, not been injured for a while and I think strength and conditioning has a huge impact on that yeah. Um, yeah, currently working with well, both me and Erica with Andy Watson at the okay. Sports Institute. So, right. Okay. Um, yeah, he's helped us massively. Do you find it beneficial as well? Erica, the strength. Oh yeah, complete game changer. Right. All right. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Do you find because I mean, I'm certainly not an athlete, but my instinct's always to train hard. That's just I don't know whether that's old school type mentality. So when it comes to those slower things with strength and conditioning, it's like yoga and things like that. Do you, do you find do you guys find it hard to go and in essence do something slow because that's what it primarily is yeah, there's not a lot of pain involved in it if you see what I mean when you're training yeah. you're kind of pushing the, pushing your limits it's, there's a certain enjoyment to that to then just go to a gym and kind of sidestep for 20 minutes and, you know, it's not um, do you find it not that okay I think it can be hard uh, so like uh, it starts off slow as does anything when you're first starting um and I feel like I've been very sort of mediocre over the last two years. I've only been doing it two years. Um, but it's definitely, like, it feeds into, like, my race walking, for example. Mm. Um, but now I'm working on, build, like, my winter this year has been based off building pure strength. So, like, the heaviest weights I can lift, the mm. maximi- like maximum reps I can reach. Um, and that's to, like, we're doing that to... Um, RPE, perceived exertion. Okay. So you might go in one week and he wants you to work at a five out of 10, so in the middle. Like 10 being all out, zero being minimal mm. effort. Yeah. Um, so that's obviously then to do with reps, like the, the weight you're lifting. Um, How do like, you calculate your PE? It's uh, all subjective, isn't it? Like, I have no idea, I'm asking. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah definitely yeah, yeah. subjective. So like... <laughs> My so they give you like a 40 kilo and you can just about lift it like yeah it's like year. something you like slowly build up to so like my warm up weights are Ollie's official program weights oh, right. yeah. even though I've got to take the uh, <laughs> lids off jam jars and hold the shotgun <laughs> <laughs> uh, things like that basically so right. like like this week was for me was like a work to a 9 out of 10 so that was quite a hard session right okay um, so it, it it is hard but I think it's it's just nice to get away from doing stuff that's like cardio based right okay yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I say when you say strength and conditioning what sort of activities are you doing apart from open jam jars weights and jam jars so like we uh, get assessed for like uh, where our weaknesses are is it quads calves glutes oh. core it's mainly um, all front it's front squats yeah back squats you know um it's all lower body oriented yeah it's the, yeah, strength deadlifts. in the back i would assume yeah yeah uh core work yeah uh, arms I have oh, to really? use my arms well, yeah, a lot in race walk, and yeah. so yeah, it's Andy's good at identifying the weaknesses, working on them, right. uh, working on like um, the imbalances. Yeah, okay. because a lot no of one's work, symmetrical. Pardon? A lot of glute work. Yeah. Right, um, 
No, it's it's a. Uh, I would say fundamental. Because that's how much I don't know about it. I kind of when I think of strength and conditioning, I typically mainly think of like band work rather than. Mm. Yeah, no, that we yeah. do that as well. Yeah. yeah. So it can be really basic, and right. it's like stuff you could do at home, and then. How many times a week do you have to do that, or are you doing that? Should I say not have to? Twice. Twice. Right. Okay. And maybe some core circuits at home. Right. Okay. And how long are those sessions? The strength. Ninety minutes. Yeah. Right. Okay. Hour and a half. Right. Okay. Will you do them together? It just so happens that we're in the same session with the right. same coach. Yeah. Right. It's yes, quite right. nice. Like all the athletics seem to go in at the same time. Right. Okay. It's quite nice. Yeah. We all okay. know each other. And just to go back to your uni, what were you studying at uni? I don't, you uh, might have said, but... Sports science. All oh, right, okay. Yeah. And then um, I did m- my master's in uh, sport and counselling psychology. All oh, right, okay. All yeah. oh, right. So, so you're just psycho- psychology each other out. <laughs> and analysing you guys right yeah. now. All oh, right. <laughs> I'll unfold my arms. <laughs> so I, don't, I don't forgot so that close. Them, so don't worry about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned all you went to uh, Missouri. Yep. How did that come about? Uh... So that that came about um, when in my third year at St Mary's, um, there was kind of rumours floating around that there was a few coaches coming over uh, from the US just on a recruiting visit, um, and I was remember talking to my coach Mick Woods at the time, and he said that oh, you know, did you realise these coaches are coming over? You should probably speak to them. And I was like, okay, I'll, you know, I had no intention of going to the states. I just thought you know it might be worth just having a chat to them and seeing what it's all about Um, so I sent them a message and they said oh yeah we'll come over and um, we'll watch you run or watch you train Um, and I remember I had a session I was tapering for a race for the weekend and they were late by like 45 minutes or something so they actually missed me train (laughs) which was a bit annoying Um, but then the next day I had a chat with them and they're had a chat with them the next day in a coffee coffee shop and uh yeah just got talking um they'll obviously then, see results see time yeah so they, as so, good as i guess it is to see someone training it's that's it yeah that had, they had a, a rough idea of what kind of athlete i was but i kind of knew that the times weren't really um representing like my potential and um, they were on the slower side and i thought oh, right, it'd, okay. you know it'd be a bit you know, a bit touch and go whether I'd actually get a scholarship to go. Um, but luckily, you know, a few days later they rang and said, yeah, we'd like to have you right. um, on the team. So, so scholarships fully funded, are they f- typically fully funded? Though? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. And that's that three years out there then? Two years. Two years. Yeah. Okay. So the, the course itself is one year, um, right. but we stretched it over two. Yeah. So it was quite <laughs> a leisure year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Two years. So would that be f- what kind of year? Are we talking 14, 13, 2013, 2014? That, uh, that was... 2015. All oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So that's a year you also went to the. Oh no. Uh, am I right? The games, the Ireland games. I suppose going back to the Isle of Man and representing the Ireland. That was Jersey, uh, wasn't it? 2015. 15. It was. Yeah. yeah. Hot Jersey. Yeah. 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 yeah it was hot down there. Not that I was there. Yeah, that was a bit of a rough one actually. I didn't get a medal there. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I decided. I think. Yeah, that's right. I decided to do the 1500 and yeah. the 5k, and obviously I've just been saying, oh, that's. They're my worst nightmares. Right, know, I'm okay. better at the longer stuff. So, did they have right. longer stuff there? But you chose. Yeah, to they had the 10k and a half oh, marathon. Um, so in hindsight, yeah, I should have done that. But you know, a reason for that choice? Um, I, mm. I mean, at the time, I must have just thought I was better at those events. Yeah, um, um, I mean, the general rule of thumb is that you start on lower distances, and then as you get older, you move Endurance, up. So yeah, I think yeah. at the time, I was still, you know, well, 21 and you know, fairly young, but. 
you know, I, yeah, I should have really moved up then, but that's mm. right. Yeah. And jumping uh, quickly on Missouri, what do you get up to there? Like, how was how did you find that experience being out there? Uh, yeah, incredible. Like, I mean, when I first went, it was a bit of a culture shock, you know. Mm strangely weird not being surrounded by water when you're in the middle of the US it's oh, kind of quite strange you know just being there like little things like that I didn't think about and um, but yeah the culture I mean the people are great there so friendly you know like you know my apartment was right next to a waffle house so I don't know if you've been to one but they were you know as soon as they heard me talk they were just like started talking to me about where I'm from and I was like just give me my waffle I'm so hungry you know? <laughs> um, but yeah the people were great I made such great friends um, the facilities there are incredible. Like, they make professional facility, you know, sports facilities in the UK look, you know, oh, right, okay. pretty. Um, you know. What, what was it you were out there to actually achieve? So, the, yeah, the coaches recruiting, they recruit on your athletic performances, mm. and they want you to be part of the track track team and the cross country team for me. So, so representing was it what, what? the university? Yeah. So the University of Missouri, yeah, um, and so it's part of the NCAA. So the same as a yeah. football, um, basketball. So it's all under those that umbrella, um, and yeah, and then but you have to study as well, obviously. Right. So was, we were student athletes as well. How, how did you sorry, how did you find the the training? Was there a step up and different from how the you he may have approached it or anything like that, or, or was it just the natural progression from it? uni to the NCAA sort yeah. of standard the, uh, it was a lot more professional than in the UK um, definitely um, you know um, well it, when I was at St Mary's I was doing as I said three sessions a week so Tuesday Thursday Saturday so sessions are just faster stuff you know um, and then in the States I do Tuesday Friday and just doing the two sessions a week just made a huge difference mm. um, just because I had an extra day to recover um, and you know we had we had access to um, like a cryo chamber, ice baths, uh, saunas, uh, jacuzzi. You know, like massage whenever you want. No, <laughs> I, honestly, it's yeah, it's we would we take it for granted when you're there, but mm. like once you're out that system, it's you know really hard. You've got like free sports massage and all sorts, haven't you? Oh yeah, like it's. If you just don't get yeah. here. No, and they're all employed by the university, so you know that all trickles down through the American football teams. Obviously, they're bringing the money and yeah, you know, right. the basketball, and they're like, oh, we got to give it to the bloody cross country. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And the studying out there was that an extension of what you've done at St Mary's psychology yes. and etc. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, obviously it's kind of a progression in, from sports science, and I, I was really interested. That's why you did the masters then out there, or not? Yeah, I, to be honest, I didn't have too much choice um, right. of what to study, um, just because um, it was fairly late on. And applying for visas, it take it can take months, and it did take months for right. me. Um, so I was actually late getting there, and um, but I was really interested in psychology and sports psychology specifically. Um, um, but yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I didn't have too much choice, yeah, yeah. to be honest. I, I probably should know because I go to the States a lot, but Missouri, when you're looking at a map, where's, where's it in the States? It's so southern it's, somewhere, is If it you're not? looking at the map, it's central, central right. South. Oh, right, south, okay. south, central, right. Yeah. So it's above Arkansas, below Iowa. Um, right. In between, like, by, like uh, Illinois, and kind of in there. Right, okay. Just, it's like a very, it's a middle state. Right, yeah. okay. 
Five of the state. <laughs> I've ran all those other states. I've never been to. I've been to a lot of states over there, but all those ones I haven't. So I'm still. Yeah. <laughs> but I get an idea. Yeah, where Kansas City is in Missouri. Oh too. right. Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. 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 Well, haven't just won the Super Bowl. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Kansas. What were they saying? Was it Trump said that Kansas was a? He thought Kansas City was in Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. That's and right. I think there is a Kansas. There is a Kansas City. Oh, Kansas. Right. Kansas. But he, he definitely. But yeah, he got it wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Deleted the tweet shortly thereafter. So we were just talking there about the games in, in 2015. So Erica, looking at your results, uh, you're obviously starting to get into walking at this stage. 2015. Uh, so I'm looking at like the Manx 10K ago, Open. Yeah. 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 Okay. So what first got you into walking? <laughs> I turned up to the wrong session. Oh, really? I thought I was going running. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. This up in Ramsey, was it? Yeah. So every, I was, I basically, uh, I wanted to I'd basically taken a hiatus from sport because I wanted to concentrate on getting A levels done um and it was just kind of I was doing it every night and no time to study um and I did want to get really good results yeah. <laughs> uh but That's yeah good. I took a little I took a little break and then I was like oh I miss being like fit yeah. and active so I went I joined back up at like Northern AC um started taking part in some of their nights and then they started holding a uh, running group on a monday night down on ramsey promenade which is now just grown and grown and it's just packed it's amazing to see how how it's flourished um but that basically just started off as just running um and i just thought i was going down to a running session one evening and it turned out the running session had been cancelled and there was a race walking coach oh, there okay. and he was like it's race walking but I'd already been dropped off and left and right. see you in an hour right, right. so because uh, I was living in Glenmona at the time okay or Balaf even Balaf I was in Balaf at that point and I appreciate I assume you can't you know I can't drive, drive yeah because yeah, 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 I'm, yeah. I'm fully registered now as visually impaired so oh, unless right, that okay. certificate's gone right, I can't okay. drive right, so I have okay. a chauffeur right. <laughs> um, but yeah so I turned up to the wrong session and I was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm here now. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> Let's just get on with it. Right, okay. And it kind of just came very naturally. Right, okay. And the coach there was like, you're crap at running. Consider a career change. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. So, so then start going weekly to that, I assume. And I kept going, but I was kind of dabbling in both. Right. And then I was doing, um, I like tried the parish walk, but only got as far as Russian. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people that say that, and I, I speak to people now like, I only went to Peel, you know, like whether it's Russian, which is 19 mile or 30, there's still a chunk of distance, I mean, isn't it? I just people think People always Peel use that word amazing. only or just. I know, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think because I had, I had higher expectations for myself. Right. So it, in my case, it was just I only got to Russian. Yeah, uh, yeah it's hard. Yeah. I mean, kudos to anyone that can do it. <coughs> Have you done it? Finish it once. Oh, well yeah, yeah. Hats off to you. Yeah, yeah. Only because I'm stubborn more than anything, more than any yeah, I physical didn't, skills. I yeah. did not have that mental resilience. Yeah, 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 yeah. At all. I came back from uh, traveling. I've been traveling like 15 years ago, and I'd, I'd by two years before that, but I'd obviously done nothing traveling other than just you know eat and drink. So it was like a. I need to focus on something. It was only about six weeks away, and I thought, oh, I'll just do it. I don't ever remember sitting there thinking I need to finish or want to finish it. And uh, yeah, I just carried on walking, basically. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. And then the year late, I spent a year training really hard for it and got to Mackle. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I heard so, Mackle kills everyone. So yeah, that's where yeah, I live yeah. now. It right. kills me off, so. Yeah, yeah. And I was vomiting up there, and I was like, nice. oh, I'm going to end up in the hospital. So I stopped, but yeah, I think it was just sheer stubbornness. And yeah. I just kind of, the first year that I just kind of walked at a steady pace, just literally walked at a steady yeah. pace. And, 
and because we've stolen it, a few blisters, <laughs> a few you know, sandals for a couple of days, we're all right, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry, it's not about me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just literally. So, so you just do more and more walking then. Do you yeah. Sort of, like, do you remember your first race? I feel like my first proper race, I did a. Maybe I've got it on random. this list here. I don't think it's there because it was just it was like a one-off it was um so basically it was a support event to a hundred mile walk okay. but it was held around the NSC perimeter oh yeah they did so 100 people laps. had no way uh, more than 100 sorry, laps 200, 100 yeah, miles sorry, yeah. around yeah I remember it being raining insane. as well wasn't it it started year. at like 10 o'clock at night or so, yeah. uh, 10 o'clock in the morning but then the support event was a 20 mile event right so that's 50 laps um if I'm right yeah and that started at 10 o'clock in the evening, and I thought, oh, I'm going to do it. That's um, a long distance to, to just to do yeah, first, do your first whack. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and basically just like, I think I came, I, I, I couldn't tell for sure, but I think it might have been like third or fourth or something. Right. It just kind of went a lot better than I thought it would. Yeah, right. Uh, I didn't know you at the time. No? No. Um, and that was that, basically. Right. And um, well, I so, so made the move. So to talk, to about, talk then a bit about, about race walking itself and you see it on TV and you know, people you? get, well, a little bit, you know, <laughs> at, the, at the Olympics, probably pretty much, we're talking as again, someone recently in the sea sports, you don't see much of yeah. other yeah. than when, when the Olympics come around, whether it's winter or summer. Uh, but you see it on TV and people getting yellow cards, because there's obviously a lot of technique to it, generally, well, there is. So yeah. can we talk a bit about the technique of... Yeah. So uh, what I do, well, I'll tell you what I do know, and I've done no research, <laughs> it's just out of my poor knowledge. Uh, is you've always got to have one foot on the ground yep. or contact with the ground, yep. I assume. Your Correct. back leg needs to be straight. Yes. Uh, uh, well, your so landing leg has to be straight oh, until right, it okay. comes through and then you can bend when it's gone past right, okay. the centre of your body. Right, okay. And that's about all I know. That's, I assume that's a lot it. of it's in the hip. I assume there's mm. a lot of power through the arms, is there? There's power through the hip. Right. I think there's like this um, misconception that everyone's like oh that's the walk where you wiggle and it's yeah. no right, okay. it's not it's a it's a total uh, stereotype there is yeah you do have to be quite strong through legs and hips but the arms have to do so much work they literally you have to like pull them through your body so that they push you forward right so okay. like you get your drive from your feet working and your arms pulling you oh, right, pulling okay. your, you're basically pulling your hips through right if oh, that right, makes sense okay. so. yeah yeah okay and there's a lot of core work involved in that as well yeah, um, I seem to have a strong core and did very little core work, and mm. I think it's just literally race walking makes you use your core. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. For sure. And thinking about it when you're walking, do you think about that the core position when you're doing the no doing the not waddling? I <laughs> I do notice that when I haven't walked for a three to three or four days, say I've been cross training or I've had a break, or um, the first thing that really aches when I come back to walking is my core. All right. Yeah. Okay. So immediately after event, what what aches immediately after the event? Bear in mind, you're saying it's it's very or, or arms orientated. Is it the arms um, that hurt, and then you do? I personally get quite sore shoulders. Okay. Uh, I think you get used to the pain in the race, so it kind of like fizzles out uh, straight after a race. Everything hurts. Right. Um, and you just feel as stiff as a board, basically. Right. So yellow cards, etc., for race walking. How do they all work? Uh, so yellow cards are a warning um, basically if your technique's looking like it's about to break the rules um, you'll be shown a warning so there's a warning for bent knees um, and a warning paddle for lifting so two feet off the ground at once that's running um, do you ever get 
um, what would the word be? Basically, not arguing, but um, disagreeing with the yeah, judge. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of the word. Uh, the effing yeah. effing at the judge. Yeah, yeah. can you? Can, I presume can you can tell, by eyesight. Yeah. yeah, because can you say, well, you know, hang on, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> or is or is the judge's rule fine on that sort of sense? Because then it's kind of someone's perception of what you're doing. So if you're I don't know whether you're confident, no, I'm definitely fine. You can say, no, I'm, you can't say, no, I'm not accepting that. It's yeah. kind of their, their rule's final. Um, no, their rule is definitely final, um, especially in a fil- uh, in a race that's not filmed. Um, and I know that to become a judge, like the, the sort of qualification system of becoming a judge is extremely strict. So right. um, you can't judge a race if you've not got the qualification, basically. Oh, right. Um, so you will have had to have passed loads of exams and tests to even become one and you've got to show like your proficiency in analysing technique so I, I'm assuming that they would just watch videos of yeah. uh, race walkers yeah. and, <laughs> and say which ones are breaking and, and it's all assessed that way I might be wrong uh, you do get people to kick off yeah, yeah. And is it, are there uh, on the flip side of the, the refs when you see that they're on the, the sheet list you think oh no He's uh he's gonna be picking me or she, but he's gonna be picking everything today. Not not asking yes. too many. But, no, no, uh, but you know there are some you do know that there are some that are um a lot more <laughs> what's the word, like pernickety yeah, yeah. than others. More strict. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um unfortunately that's just the case. So I've noticed for I mean, on the rule one, so why is keeping your legs straight a rule? I think that's what maybe um, makes it different from running, basically. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it's it's race walking. It's not just it's more than just walking fast. Do you know what I mean? Oh. I we were just saying like I don't even know how to explain it. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to land with a straight knee. That that's the rule. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if your knees hyperextend, you're you're never mm-hmm. going to get <laughs> a card for a knee. Happy days, sort of thing. You might get one for lifting though. Um, but yeah, so like the yellow ones are, you can get as many yellows as you want basically, but that's, it's just a warning. It's like, you're looking a bit ropey or your knee looks like it might end up bending further down the line. Um, and if a judge is not happy with, so say you get uh, on lap one, you get a yellow card for knees and by lap four, that judge feels you haven't improved you're going to get a card, like a red card. Um, it used to be that you would get th- three red cards and you're out. Uh, it's slightly changed in the last year. They've trialled a new system. So you get three red cards and then you get put in a pit lane box. Okay. And you get like a penalty. So uh, a 10k race is a one minute penalty. You have to stand in like a box <laughs> for a minute and then you're allowed to go again. If you then pick up a another fourth red, you're disqualified. So it's kind of, it's like giving that extra chance, I think, mm. especially at the the bigger races like Worlds and mm. Olympics and stuff. And so for a 20K event, it's a two minute penalty and 50K, it's a five minute penalty, which is quite brutal, yeah. standing still. I mean, you can, you, can, and, you can run and yeah, you can do whatever you want. And well, you've been running the... before that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why you're in there. <laughs> you, can, you can do whatever you want in the pit lane. Yeah, yeah. Swear at the judge. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I wouldn't take the risk, just but saying, yeah. yeah. Uh, just find so. it interesting that you said there's no limit on yellows, which is kind uh, of like... I th- I th- I'm saying that. Okay, no, because but... otherwise if you do need 
you won't keep warning them, but then you got a lot on the red. Yeah, I'm I'm saying that, but I think it's so. Like I just said, like if you were given a yellow by judge one on lap one, and then judge one isn't happy that you've rectified, he's going to yeah. give you a red. He's not mm. going to give you another yellow for the same thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. Yeah. So, so back in like in fifteen, looking at your results here, uh, your that sort of ten thousand Alaman champs. Your second. I appreciate you might need to rattle through your memory bank. I have no idea what I would have done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So 2015. But you want to be walking long. So you obviously moved through the ranks, certainly locally, pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, I remember that like when I first kind of took it up, I start, I joined like a, a Manx Harriers. I think it was only Manx Harriers that held a race walking group. Mm. There were no other clubs holding one. So I just turned up to that and I was miles. Like It was session work, it was speed work, and I was miles off the back, always on my own. So that was kind of uh, demoralising, mm. and it's just something you kind of got to accept, like, oh, you've got to start somewhere. Mm. Um, but it slowly picked up and picked up, and then I'd get to the, the very back of the group, mm. and then into the middle. And what time, sort of, sort of time frame was that over? Week, you know, months? Mm. A good year, I right, would say. okay, yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. So, so when was then looking at the going away to racing well I suppose there's a point where you start making a name on the Isle of Man becoming one of the better race walkers on the Isle of Man do you remember that first time when you kind of at the point the end of those races um I I think it might have been when I like broke 60 minutes for like 10k it was like yeah yeah they were all like I think the first race I did it was like 72 minutes or something so like I kind of used every race as just gotta get better at that time uh, and that was over like 5k, 10k. Right. Um, is technique a massive part of that? That what appreciating fitness is as well. Is there yeah. a, if you had to put a number percentage of it out of 100 of what you know, you know, the technique's 50 percent, you know, fitness is 50 or whatever, where would you put that split? I would put a higher proportion on technique because ultimately, okay. if you don't have good technique, you're not going to get through a race, right? Okay, yeah. A bit like swimming, I mean, I think swimming is like that, where it's yeah. very technique orientated, but you still clearly have to be fit to compete. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, of course, like you need the speed endurance at the end of the day to be able to get through a 20k race, yeah. so you need a decent level of fitness to be able to compete at that high level. But if you if you haven't got the technique and the like strength to maintain that, yeah, game over. And at this stage, we do as you're getting more and more into the walking, do you just completely stop running? When now? No, then. Sort of as you oh, get more, um, more into the walking. Yeah. Just I think stops. I'd... Uh, I mean, I think I would maybe doing it once every two weeks or something. Running. Do you mean, um, do you mean yeah. running every once or two? Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 running like basically I was just told I was a very mediocre runner. Right. And I, I think it was I didn't... I'd never had that opportunity of being at a level where I knew what pain was if that makes sense like I never I, I was always in that comfortable zone okay. I didn't want to push out of that and it wasn't until I started race walking and wanted to improve those times that I realized okay I need to be in pain to get a better time all right um so there's something in the mind yeah to go. there was you something to push yourself a bit harder yeah there was something uh more competitive that kind of came out in me when it came what to the, the race walking five and a half year psychology studying to this point tell you why that changed uh, Maybe it was seeing the progress. Okay. 
I wasn't seeing the progress with running me. And I think I, I only did the running for fitness and it just made me happy. Yeah. Like it was that sense of like freedom. Um, and there was just no pressure. Like I didn't have any goals with running. I just wanted to, to run. run. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, whereas when I realized there was some potential with the race walking, then you're like, oh, okay, let's see where, what I can do with this. Yeah, yeah. And you consider, I mean, jump forward a little bit now, but you consider the, you're the best race walker on the island now for, for women. I hate, I hate labels like that. Right. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, you represent GB now. Yeah. So you're a decent standard, to yeah. say the least. So where did you first get noticed by GB? Um, Presumably going away, either representing the island or representing the northern. Yeah, I can't remember. I really can't remember when my first UK race was. Right. Uh, I mean, you've probably got it in front of you. Uh, yeah. Uh, so maybe seventeen. I've got like Yorkshire County Champs. Two thousand seventeen, three thousand meters. Yeah, uh, 3, I think it, it might. You won it. I can easily see how you forget it. <laughs> <laughs> um I really can't remember like when my first it might have I was just in Cudworth. Cuddus. 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 Yeah, we all got shouted at for saying it wrong. Oh right. Cuddus. Okay. I think that was maybe I got asked if I wanted to represent like the north of England. Okay. In their the hideous yellow vest that's like made for an elephant. I don't oh, know. Right. <laughs> um, and I was like, Wow, the oh, north right. of England want me on their team. Right. Uh that was like, yeah, three thousand meters. Yeah, yeah. So fourteen minutes. That's, oh, does that sound right? Fourteen oh four. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think maybe that was where, it, and I think that like I was getting gassed to like compete in a British Championship indoors, which you can only get to through an invite. Okay. So it was a bit like, oh. So how do you get on? How do you do? You know how you got on the guys' radars? Appreciating you performing well locally, but must I have think... been so someone shouting your name around, or they just. I think it was case of so uh, I got brought into the race walking scene by Steve Partington. Okay. And I think his son Tom might have already been on the radar. Okay. Um, and just like through that, I was like uh, maybe associated. I'm not sure. I can't really remember. But I think it's also like it's quite a small scene. Anyway, and so if you're like doing like producing the results in the races, then yeah, yeah. And the rankings are there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you'll get noticed. Cause it, so in, in 18, then you represented the island at the commies. Yeah. yeah. How was that? Insane. Like, never thought Full I'd coast. be. Yeah, like, I mean, I've always wanted to go to Australia, so that was a bonus. Uh, but just never, ever in my life thought I would reach that sort of level of competition. And I, th- I think from the island, kind of 30 to 40 athletes go, don't they, for the Commonwealth Games? So yeah. So you're in a fairly elite group there of... Yeah, and like there was only like three of us from athletics, so there was so yeah, tiny, tiny group. Yeah, right. And how was that experience? Did you go to the opening ceremony? I don't know how how close was you, your event to the opening ceremony? Uh, so we actually did a uh, two weeks um, in a pre trade like pre competition yeah. camp, and that was like two weeks prior to actually moving into the Commonwealth Village. Uh, so that helped with like acclimatization and stuff. Um, can I just ask, just because you mentioned you've obviously been studying through this period, were you then studying on the go when you were down yeah. in Australia as well? Yeah, yeah, literally my work just came everywhere with me. But thankfully, like I had an amazing uni tutor at the time who was like very supportive. And if I needed some extensions, he I've actually got him in my final year, so it's a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that comes everywhere. <laughs> and, and did you go to the opening ceremony? Yes, and I went to the closing one. Right. 
Because I know sometimes with Game of Chance and other athletes yeah. I think Island games, sometimes with you events very early in the games, yeah. you don't want to be standing up for two hours. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, some of the uh, the staff like advise against it for mm-hmm. particular sports. And I think my race wasn't till the end of that first week, right. so I was okay. And how did you, time of day was it? Obviously it's hot down there. How, were they things that you worried about before you went into the event or...? Um, I definitely think having the, like, being, the acclimatization helped massively, like, that was the biggest shock. I didn't realise the impact, like, a different climate would actually have, because I'd never had that experience. Um, I could barely walk 3k, like, on the first training session okay. without feeling, like, so sick, so nauseous, um, and I was, like, moving like a snail. I couldn't, it was insane. So, I think that just shows how important those two weeks were. Um and also that was like, I didn't know anyone on the team pretty much. Um, so that was a massive, because I was always, I was, I've been quite new to the sport. I yeah, just yeah. didn't, they all like know each other. And yeah. um, then obviously I had like the first week in the Commonwealth Games Village. And I just think that helps you settle in. Um, and we ended up referring to it as like prison <laughs> because you couldn't go anywhere. It was the same surroundings all the time, the same food. Um, but it, it just helped because like you're walking around and you're see you're seeing like Olympians that you watch on the TV and stuff right. and it's just like wow. Bit stars, not yeah. stars, but, or, kind for of me inner. like I just never one never thought I'd get to that level and just never thought I'd even be in that environment like it was just all a bit like wow I'm at a similar level yeah. <laughs> to these amazing athletes like. Um, Where did you finish in it? Ninth. Mm. Pleased? I mean, yeah, well, I, mean I, I was. I, know the answer I to that, but, yeah, can't remember. Can't re- actually remember how many were in the race, but I know I was ranked second to last. Okay. So for me, it was just a an achievement in itself getting mm, there. Right. Um, and just an absolute bonus to then come much higher than where you were ranked going into the race. Yeah, yeah. And what time of day was it run or <laughs> walked? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, so the guys went off before us, maybe at like. Uh, 7 8 a.m. Right. and they had great weather so it was quite overcast and it like rained in their race so they had great temperatures <laughs> and then we were after them at maybe uh, like 9 10 mm-hmm. um, and it was baking hot the clouds are gone no rain um, it's 20k yeah, yeah yeah so, so that's hours, the uh, that's the Olympic distance yeah. Yeah, right. yeah and was that your the time you did there appreciating the, maybe the conditions weren't necessarily conducive for fast times so it was one forty-seven, which I've said no reference to what that, that yeah. means in, in race walking terms. But please, with that type of time, is that kind of PB kind of area or not because of the conditions or the course? Or I was absolutely gutted. Right. Yeah, uh, I think you go in and you know you've done all the hard work and you have this like idea of where your fitness is at. But then I was just so naive to those conditions. Um, I had this expectation on myself, which I couldn't achieve because I wasn't what was that expectation I think it was probably in the 140 area okay so um isn't 147 in 140 or do you mean 140 like 140 low yeah Yeah, um so to do that time I was gutted and I do remember like for months afterwards I was like it kind of felt like a grieving process because I felt really disappointed in myself. But like now I'm like, wow, I did that. And it's not, in hindsight, it's not actually not a bad time. Yeah. 
it could be better but the sport as well yeah really. exactly for my first experience at that level like it could have been so much worse i could have got dq'd i could have not finished like mm. the conditions i've i don't particularly want to experience them ever again mm. they were just so challenging uh do you think i'm speaking to keith and he talks about his experience at the commies in glasgow and i think he was disappointed for him I could be wrong, but the impression was for a long time around his performance there, uh, which again, again, getting to that level is just an achievement within itself. Do you think, you're talking about doing sports psychology and I guess working with Rich, that initial disappointment with then the ability to kind of take the good out of it, which you just talked about there, do you think that that's what you're learning as an athlete as well then? Yeah, so definitely what I learned from that in 2018 and then last year when I made my GP debut, um, I feel like without those experiences, I wouldn't be able to go forwards into mm. like this year, for example. Um, again, my GB debut wasn't the experience I was after at all. Okay. But then I learned so much from being in that Commonwealth race. I learned so much from being in that GB race. And I need, like, again, because I'm so like new to it or like and I have no experience like historically like I need those experiences to kind of be like okay so next time I need to do xyz learning isn't it yeah and I think I get so valuable to like anyone if it doesn't if I feel like you can take so much good out of such a like out of any race you might think like always in the heat of the moment like oh my god that was the worst thing ever but like keeps the learning I'll do that again (laughs) yeah like and I think like from studying psychology and stuff like I don't look at races as badly as like as negatively as I used to. Like, there's something good to learn from every race, basically. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that GB talk about that GPW then. Um, Where did the call? You know, were you expecting it? Yeah. So was it? it was literally this time last year okay. that I did the trial race down in Coventry, um, and you were able to get a standard from doing a 10k race, which is what I did. Um, the standard was 47:30 and. The week before, I'd done a, a speed session um, where I'd done 50 minutes, essentially, of effort at the race pace, all broken up uh, into, like, 10-minute efforts with, like, two-minute break in between or something. And it made me realise, oh, wow, I can actually maintain, like, a, a GB standard pace. And I need, like, that gave me such a confidence boost going into the race. Uh, the course is quite tricky, quite a hilly, windy course. Um and so it was, was a, in Coventry. Yeah, yeah, and it was a storm uh, that weekend. But for some reason, I seem to perform well in storms, but maybe that's an Isle of Man thing. Yeah. We're training <laughs> in it all the, the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I just, it was like a 1K loop. I knew what I had to, to do per lap. Um, and I was just ticking it off and ticking it off. And I think the more I was ticking off what I had to do, it was giving me confidence going throughout the race, no matter how painful it was. And then I finished with like 47, 19. Mm. Um, actually I think it's still my PV. Right. Yeah, so my first ever GB standard over the moon. Mm. Right. And then got picked a few weeks later. For what event? That was for the European Race Walking Cup. Okay. Yeah. Talk through what that is, where that is, what goes on there. So obviously it's in, it's in different places all the time. Outdoors. Yeah, mm. uh, 20k again. Um, and it was in Alitus in Lithuania. Okay. So a place I would never mm. dream of going. Fair geography at school, yeah. Yeah, right. or oh, probably me too. I know nothing. Um, it's near Missouri, I think. <laughs> <laughs> probably is. <laughs> um, yeah, the food was terrible. <laughs> I 
I remember. So that was probably a, a factor. Uh, and was it funded the trip by GB? Yes. Yeah, so, turn up at Gatwick and away we go. Type of yeah, thing. essentially, I, I it might have actually. I think I did. I fly. From, I can't remember yeah. where I flew from. Uh, but yeah, meet the team, fly out together. Did you know um, any of the other team before that? Yeah, so it was quite good. I knew like knew them from other races from and trashing stuff. Trashing them all at Coventry a few weeks earlier. <laughs> they trashed me. <laughs> Not quite. Uh, they were yeah first, second. I was third. Right. So I knew the two girls ahead, and we were the team. We were a team of three basically, and I think they could take up to five people, but only three of us got the standard. So we had a small team, um, and yeah, food was terrible. Lots of raw pasta, which mm. probably wasn't the best. And then uh, race day came, and I was so calm. I was I was literally doing an assignment in like the two days prior, and that was keeping me occupied. And I was like, wow. I'm really calm, like no nerves. And then I got to the event, to the venue, and they put me in a marquee with all the other female athletes. And I was like, holy hell. Right. Like, because you know them from watching them like on the TV. and. So this, when you can not compare it to the Commonwealth Games, but again, you're going into a new... It was higher level, yeah, yeah, 100%. Right. Yeah, like, because it's not just limited to Commonwealth, mm. it's obviously European. Um, and yeah, I just knew the standard was exceptionally high. And I think because I've never been at that level, it was like, uh, can I justify being here? Mm. I think I, and doubt creeps in. Um, but again, these are all like important things that I've had to learn to like be like, actually now I got a standard to get to that race. Yeah. So I did deserve to be there, but it just wasn't a good race. I, I don't know if it was anxiety or what, but from 3k onwards i suffered with like uh it, what i don't know what it was but it felt like a stitch right. and i know from dirty romanian pasta yeah. probably <laughs> well uh <laughs> sorry romanian listeners <laughs> um i know from like experience and racing before like a stitch goes you can get rid of a stitch but it didn't go and now i think maybe it was an anxiety thing like i was just get, I, the more i tried to relax the, the tenser i was getting mm. Um, and then I just battled for 10 miles basically to the end of the race seeing myself getting slower and slower and I was just like in agony basically like I had it on both sides of my abdomen um, yeah it was just awful so um, but think, I finished yeah. I finished because it was a team event and I was like they need me yeah. to finish and I'm not letting them down and I also I'm bad at quitting that's good yeah, yeah. Like, so force you if you finished Maybe. Yeah, that's what's, that's what's down here. There you go. But it, so that's. It, I mean, it's interesting again. I suppose you, again, you look at the positives of four years ago. You never race walked in here, like the European champs. Yeah. Finishing fourth, you know, irrespective fourth, it's it's an achievement in a very yeah. short space of time. As an observer, I would say anyway. Yeah. Again, I'm not knowing a lot about race walking. Interestingly, then on stitches, because it's something I've never thought about. Saying I've had stitches before. What are stitches? We know what are stitches. Do we know? Isn't it where I would ask the sports science yeah, graduate. I'm not sure, but I think it's when the blood is going to your yeah, it's ab- diverting to away your stomach. No, oh, it's really? a diverted away from your digestive system or something, isn't it? To other to the muscles that are working. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because you need to digest the. If you eat too close, you get mm. a stitch, and then if the blood's not there oh, to digest right. the food, then because it's it's going to your working muscles, isn't it? Oh, so right. it could be wrong. so the, is there any way to get rid of a stitch and to, in essence slow down and let the blood flow? Slow down. Back? Yeah. They say breathing. Right. Like, um, well, that helps, doesn't it? <laughs> deeply. Oh, right. Breathing deeply. You do that in yoga, but you wouldn't understand. Yeah, it. I know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the block for that. Do something meal before your race. Yeah, all right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't normally. So yeah. Okay. Okay. 
So we'll talk, we'll catch up or, or talk a bit about, I suppose, what the future holds, but perhaps to go back to you, Ollie, the, in Missouri, come back from Missouri, I assume, to the island at that stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. what, what was your plan when you came back to the island? Uh, I don't think I really had a plan. Uh, I knew um, that I wanted to continue my running. It was quite frustrating because uh, my, my first year in Missouri, I kind of struggled. I don't really know why, but my running wasn't going too well. Um, and I think it was just a combination of a new place, settling in, getting used to the training, coaches. I think it was hot there. Yeah, very hot in the summer and very cold in the winter. Mm. So, and you get big temperature swings. Um, so it's like the Isle of Man, but the extreme of each yeah, end. It's super yeah, hot and super cold. It, yeah, you've got a pack of bag wherever you go in case. Right. Um, but yeah, for whatever reason, I wasn't running too well. Uh, and then kind of in the second semester of my first year, I started to then get the ball rolling. And then in my second year, so my final year, that's when I started to make big improvements. Um, and then by the time I was making really good improvements, I was on the plane back to the UK. So no. it was quite annoying, really. No. The two years just flew by. And when you say the big improvements, is that down to training, your naturally kind of mentality towards it? Is is there a reason why you were doing something different during that time? That I led to that? yeah, I think um, I think maybe subconsciously because the setup there was so professional. Um, and you know, kind of kicked in. The yeah, there's no, you, there's no like half measures. It's even, you know, like at St Mary's, you're kind of down. Uh, you're in London, and you know, there's loads of pubs, there's clubs, there's bars, there's you, all your mates are there, mm. and you're 18, 21. You know, <laughs> you, it it takes a very strong willed person just to be go. I'm not doing any of that. I'm going to concentrate on my running. And mm. like you know, I was definitely dedicated, but on the flip side, I was burning my candles at both ends. Mm. You know, I was. Yeah training and then going out or, or whatever and it just doesn't you just can't do that so when I was in America it was you know everything was just basically every time I woke up it was like how am I going to be a better runner today so you know everything was focused around that and I think I carried that mentality through when I when I left you look at the kind of results towards the end of 17 I assume was your last year in Missouri yeah thinking back and there's like the there's a is it Tom Bott's Invitational mm-hmm. which you won mm-hmm. in Columbia Five thousand meters. I can't. I presume that's track. I presume that there's no cross country in any of this. It's all track based. There is cross outdoor. country. Oh yeah, right. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that's the kind of first. Uh, like, uh, so you start in August and then that cross country goes until Christmas. Okay. Um, and then the cold weather starts to come in, so you kind of roll into indoors then, and then it's outdoors springtime. So, uh, yeah, the Tom Bots was actually a local. Um, the race at um, Missouri mm. in the, at the track um, and there so yeah that was quite a prestigious one to win and on home soil was pretty cool and the indoor then is it what's the track length indoor normally 200 meter uh, 200 meter banked right. um, so banked being like the track goes up yeah. um, you can get I ran on the 300 meter track I think I ran on like a two seven for some random distance but yeah you get different different tracks but. And on the bank track I appreciate it's not when I think of cycling and bank tracks it's not like that but it's banged is there even down the bottom because ultimately you're running down the, the tightest section of it is that still got an element of banking yeah yeah there's still so, an element so do you notice the because obviously you're at a slight yeah a slight, I'm, I'm moving here like everyone can see it but you know you're at a slight yeah you definitely notice it I mean the quicker you run the, the better because you're using the bank so ideally like uh, 200 meter bank tracks kind of suit um, 400, 800 meter runners right. more because they're kind of going into it with speed and then coming off. 
Uh, kind of pushing oh I've been doing, yeah been pushing it's kind of like that you know you're going up and then down so the quicker you go the better so the longer in distance you get especially having a bad day you know going up the, going up a hill and then back down it's yeah, just not yeah. what you need so um but yeah so you come back to the island um I suppose go back what, what was the plan when you came back uh, I did I do I remember uh, you had to figure out what you had to do with yeah you hadn't met, you guys hadn't met at this stage or oh no, no we, we were oh, yeah, yeah, that's a question we're not asked when did you yeah we survived what, when did you uh, two, get blown over at two more mills 2014 was it okay. yeah just right yeah. so he was in us last year at uni okay so you'd just been back out last of year at London yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh right okay yeah yeah right okay so you had a a distant relate distance relationship then while yeah. you're in Missouri for a couple yeah. of years. Lot, well, that's yeah. why the first year was difficult because you're obviously heartbroken. Yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah you're saying all the right. And things. how did <laughs> you find? How did you just you know touch, keep in touch with Skype and? Uh, yeah, I think like obviously it's hard initially, but then time difference as well. Yeah, hours, but, but then you kind of get into a routine, and then at the end, I think it's because we were both doing endurance sport. We kind of like could appreciate what needed to be done yeah, yeah. to get to the next state, like the next step. Mm -hmm. Sorry, so then, so you're back on the island and so reunited at the airport, Hooray. big flags down yeah. there, balloons. I actually don't think I turned up. No, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. I think that he still holds that against me. Probably out training, it's important. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't, you know, I think... He Remember having a plan when you came back of, I yeah. want to keep pursuing this I, All I wanted to do was just, to, I, I just, because in distance running, you know, you don't reach your peak till really, you know, 30 around okay. then or maybe later for some people. Um, and I knew because I started relatively late and I started performing better as I got older. So I just knew that my better days were ahead of me. Um, yeah, the, you know, the thought of getting a full time job was like maybe on the cards. And then I thought, you know, if I get a full time job, then I'm never going to be. Mm full-time athlete basically or try and aspire to where I want to go with, with running um, so I kind of just did a work part-time um, at the NSC which I still do a little bit of do more um, just it's just lifeguarding right. yeah so I, I don't do much I have I I now have my own so when I got back I did a, um, a sports massage diploma in Manchester so I got went on that course and, um, and now I've set up as a self-employed right. therapist so I do that as well which ties in really well with my training um, yeah. I can just you know pick and choose my hours and, and, and work it around my training schedule can sports massage massage themselves does that work or is it not <laughs> yeah it definitely helps work? Erica yeah <laughs> free or yeah. do you have to pay yeah. no oh free no, 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 no. Okay. happy days yeah, so you should have said it's £40 pound, yeah <laughs> <laughs> no it's yeah cost me an arm and a leg yeah. <laughs> that first year back 2018 then obviously you're doing a fair amount of running mm -hmm. getting results mm -hmm. on Ireland I know you've got a number of, or some Manx records I don't know uh, do you know the Manx record you have now off the top of your head uh, 10 or miles half marathon <laughs> right yeah it's it's a few of the road ones I haven't got any track uh, Keith's still got them he's uh, scared of the track all right okay yeah um, and there's I mean kind of I mocks you but do you track not for you you just don't no, I do like run on the track. Right. It's just I'm just I just run better on the road. Right. Like I've you know like in 2018 I won a few races. Um, what do you define as? I appreciate better. I assume faster. Yeah, just more comfortable on the road. Um, 
Yeah, well, I mean, you can do 10Ks on the track. Um, yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, there's more five. Yeah, yeah, there's more 5Ks. Um, but yeah, 10K was kind of my sweet spot, and there's more more of that distance on the road. Right. So that's probably why. And that Alaman Champ in 2018, and then racing in the UK, the BMC series. Mm -hmm. Don't really know too much. What's that? What other than uh, BMC so series? It's British Milers Club, it's called. Okay. Um, so it's effectively it's just seeded races. Um, so you whatever your PB is and your kind of current form, you get put into a race. Um, and then it's it's essentially just trying to run fast. Um, but you're in with people of similar ability, so you've yeah. got, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Very good ability. Yeah. And who, who are you racing for in these events? Is just local? So, so yeah, it's, it's club. So then I, were, I was with Manx Harriers. Um, so I was representing them. I'm now with Leeds City. Um, so they're my first claim club. Why, why is this? Yeah, so we actually moved to Leeds, didn't we? For, yeah. For a few months. Oh, to kind right, of okay. pursue, like, full-time sport, this? basically. Ooh, last year? Uh, 2019. No, it was 2018, wasn't it? End of 2018 into the start of 2019. So, yeah, we just went there for three months. Right. I'd already been going out there, because that's where the um, high-performance centre for race walking is. Okay. At the Leeds Beckett Uni, and that's where the... I was then working with the um, British coach um, who has like some of the top walkers under him. Um, so I'd already been going out there and the scene out there is just amazing for runners, endurance, everything. Um, so I was Try like, Ollie, <laughs> come and give it a go. Yeah. And yeah, yeah I have. got to train with some really amazing people mm. yeah the, at the moment Leeds City the club is uh, really strong like mm. winning everything domestically um, that's not the reason I joined I you know I joined because at the time I was training with all the guys there and you know it just made sense you know mm. I kind of in my head I thought we might be there longer um, but at the end of the day I, I couldn't couldn't afford, couldn't afford to live right. just because you know, I was looking for work, but it was, you know, 40 hours or nothing. So, you know, back to square one, like, well, what's the point in working four hours a week and trying to train hard when, you know, I might be half decent, but I don't want to be half decent. So. Yeah, right. mm -hmm. Obviously, come on to shortly, you've got a sponsorship, sort of, it's been announced recently in the press. To go back, back to that stage a year ago, 18 months ago, you were both aspiring athletes trying to break through the next levels. It's ultimately all, all self-funding, isn't it? And trying to yeah. do bits of work to... Mm -hmm. That must be a battle within itself. Yeah, I mean, it, like, there's loads of sacrifices in terms of you've got to live at home with your parents at the age of 25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and you've then, obviously, you can't get a serious job. Um, thankfully, I'm, already, I'm still studying, so that, that was a bit easier for me. But it meant you couldn't go into a serious career... Um, and then obviously then you don't have that income yeah. um, just another I suppose uh, again you talk about income there but that you know, if you, it's not quite hand to mouth but trying to focus on your sport you're trying to do the best thing you're trying to get all the best equipment I guess all the best facilities etc and while you might have access to certain things within your environment there's things that you just can't afford I guess because you haven't got the money so it just adds an extra pressure to try and break through that mm -hmm. uh, 
to break through to the next level, I guess. Yeah, definitely. When, and in both sports, when you're trying to get move through the ranks, is it fairly? Is there a fairly clear structure? Again, I only ever look at cycling because that's my background. You kind of see this. You can go into there's other ways, but GB Academy and, and work through that process. Is it similar in running or or not? And walking. Um, not really. I don't think. I um, I think there's like uh, kind of funded. Um, national body like national bodies that will fund younger athletes that have potential and you know quite kind of encourage them to come through the ranks um, but there's it's not you know it's not like football or golf or you know sports where you know you're you put into an academy and, you, and then you, you're there um, I think you know in the states they're kind of a bit more ahead with it's very amateur basically in the UK you know it's 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 always kind of been an amateur sport and uh, lack you know very little money in it uh, but now the kind of goalposts are moving a little bit you know there's you know you can win quite a bit of money at races now and mm -hmm. you know with sponsorships and you know endorsement deals things like that all help um but i think you know it's that's still evolving um and obviously a select few can only get that so 2019 again island games year mm -hmm. uh half marathon went for the half marathon mm -hmm. this time yeah, yeah and yeah. won that yeah how was that obviously i assume standing on the podium here in the manx anthem oh especially yeah. in an individual sport i know and i he's been there and won a team team medal team gold yeah team gold man yeah for the island and as much as that's a wonderful achievement as well yeah Indo no well clearly <laughs> the team thing again is i mean i think it was rich hill says there's no such thing as an individual sport anyway because ultimately there's people around you whether yeah. it's Erica supporting you, I'm sure, or yeah. you know, family, etc. But what's that? What was that? Yeah, like? I mean, incredible. Yeah, I mean, like you know, obviously, it's it's interesting you say that because like you know, if you're a footballer and you could have an awful game and you, but your team could still win three nil. Mm. So it's if, you know, but but with me, you know, um, winning that, you know, obviously you have people around you and mm. um, and you are a team. It's still um, you on that day, isn't yeah, it? It's, yeah, you've still got to just do it and um, yeah, to to win. And yeah, here the Manx anthem on the top step was pretty special. Yeah. And yeah, definitely. That was where was nineteen's games? Uh, Gibraltar. That's right. Yeah, I should know that because we mm. talk about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then followed so during that year again, a couple of half marathons that jumping out here, Valencia, mm -hmm. uh, Reading. Mm -hmm. Again, these are racing for leads. Were these are these events or? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I was wearing the Isle of Man vest for for them. So yeah, right. okay. <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't. It's more individual. It's just you kind of yourself, whoever you're attached to. It's fairly irrelevant unless there's a club, unless there's a team kind of element to it. So, so uh, like a situation like Valencia, hmm. uh, it's, I, I think that's near Missouri. Uh, are you <laughs> self-funding that trip outside of sponsorship? Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Right. So that's yeah. And you're just in this bubble here where you need to get noticed. You need to go to events. You need to get your name out. Yeah, yeah. And then you need to fund that. But you, you struggle to fund it because you, sponsorship must be such an important or support financial support from people around you. Yeah, must be. But like to be fair, like so we're both with fortunately with Isle of Man Sport Aid. Right. Uh, so we do get um, like a specific amount of funding, and the use of that is towards travel. Right. to and from mm -hmm. camps and racing a lot of people chatted in here about the the, the help that all man sport gives it's, it's incredible mm, right. mm. so that's literally also that's where how we get our sport uh, strength and conditioning yeah so again i think that's maybe sometimes forgotten that kind of just here's some money and crack on but there's a lot more around it from this i guess you yeah know, working with rich i assume that comes through yeah that's sport. through Man sport yeah, yeah. that's uh, yeah financial barriers are obviously um probably one of the main 
barriers we face but then obviously like access to the gym and physios um, sports massage um, it's so important and you're so I mean you have to continue to talk about reaching your peak later later or later on in your yeah in your mm. in your life PBs now are they all set during 19 that you have now uh yeah in 2020 now are we yeah. <laughs> um yeah so um yeah Valencia was my last uh well it was the best race i've done and that was yeah one of the last ones i've done yeah and you're on gb radar now i guess so yeah i have yeah i've not had a maybe you don't want to yeah you haven't had a call or whatever but i presume no. the standard you're i'd like now, to think so yeah, yeah i mean i was simply about the bush ollie you've got a standard yeah I've got, just just, yeah. just got to get that so you've got so talk about the standard so that's yeah so um six i ran 6301 the half marathon in Valencia last year. We've all done that. So yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, um, so that that is a. I don't even know what the GB standard was, but it's a GB standard for the World Half Marathon Championships. Right. Okay. They're in. So by be, meeting that standard, you, in essence, can be picked. It's then I presume the. the so the, the other, selectors to yeah, decide. So that's those. one bit of the criteria. The oh. other bit is that you've got to be top three, um, Brit at the the trial, which is actually okay. next weekend. So. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. So that brings us nicely onto the future, and I'll carry on chatting. On. Mm-hmm. We'll come come the future of the next the next year ahead. That's the next objective, then, is it? Uh, yeah, the trial. Yep. So where is it? Uh, it's in Gidnia, Poland. Oh, the trial yeah. is in uh, London. Okay, it starts in Greenwich. That's near Missouri as well. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> <Right>. Lithuania. <laughs> um, and then yeah, if if selected, then uh, well, the world half is in uh, Poland. Right. Okay. When's the world half? It's. Uh, uh, Three week, four weeks after. Just thinking about when this pods out a couple of weeks ahead. So when's that? When's the trial? Uh, when's the so qualifier? the qualifiers on the first of March. Okay, so this will be post that. Okay. Yep, and the uh, the world half is at the end end of the month, end right. of March. And how's the form? I know you've not both of you not long come back from training in Spain, Portugal, Spain. Yeah, so we were in. Spain. Me and Eric were both in Spain in early Jan or mid Jan. Yeah, with Welsh um, Athletics. Right. Yeah, so again sport. you know as you say like individual like we have to like kind of hop on you know we were joining it's just yeah there's just not enough uh um, like there's not enough like uh endurance athletes here to be able to create an, an island man endurance camp yeah. <laughs> so last year i jumped on this camp because it had race walkers like two the the top british race walkers on it they just so happened to be from wales mm. um i got the opportunity again this year um, and last year they had like half marathon marathon runners on it that Ollie knew. Um, same situation this year. So I was like, "Can Ollie come?" Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Yeah." How long were you out there for? Two weeks. Mm. Um, it flooded. Oh right, okay. Yeah, and then we came back to the <laughs> delightful storm. <laughs> yeah. So we brought it with us. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we haven't seen sun since. Well, yeah, well, yeah, I won't see any around here for a long time. No. And how, are you confident going in next week? I appreciate you to kind of, well, how's the mind about next week? And Yeah, like really good. I'm in a yeah. good place at the moment. Yeah, I've, I've had, well, I had six weeks at over 100 miles a week, you know, consistently. Um, and tra- like the sessions are really key, you know, trying to hit them and hit my splits. And I've been doing that. Um, but yeah, as you know, at the moment, the weather's not great. So I'm just having to like juggle days around and there's been a few treadmill runs and yeah. things like that but you've just got to adapt and um, do the best you can really because you know, it's the reality 
Mm-hmm. I, know, I know a tell. friend that does some training with you, or as in is on a push bike with you. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Is that, again, interval sessions to, I suppose, push because I guess there's no one on the arm man. Because, again, I think any athlete, when they're, when they're training, if they're training with someone at the next level, whatever grade you're at, pushes you on. So that, I yeah. presume, on the bikes, again, about... Oh, yeah, you need that 100%. Like, you know, you look at athletes in, like, Kenya, and there's about 100, 200 athletes to rock up to a training session, and, you know, you do, all you've got to do is just... <laughs> hang (laughs) on basically but you know here it's just me and it's sometimes it can be mentally challenging um especially when it's awful weather same with erica um but yeah to having that support um you know you know for me and on the bike you know it's massive i just kind of say to him you know look you know i need to hit these splits you know this is the the, you know miles per hour you need to do and then i just just say right you just need to focus on that speed and then i'll just hop in behind you and then just block the wind for me and then you know i've got something to chase it's you know like a carrot for me to to go for so um it it just helps so much so after after the after the qualifier what's is it if you got other races planned during the summer yeah so obviously um yeah hopefully the world half if not then it's be london marathon in april um so I'm gonna go. And is that invita- How does that work? Is that invitational? Is that? Yeah. So I. Like the rest of us have to go on a ballot. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> yeah, fortunately I've got an elite entry. Yeah, right, so yeah, I'll be. Just swa- throw that in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be swanning around the tower tower hotel with all the other guys. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that that's obviously a big help. Um, and, and you know. Yeah, you don't realise the little luxuries that come with that. You know, having drinks sharing lifts race. with Elliot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, getting your bag dropped off at the start or at the finish. You know, not worrying about food. Um, you're on the, you're right by the start. You know, it, it's little things like that. You know, you know, people. You know, obviously everyone else has to travel by tube or bus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and that, and that's you know fine. But you know, I, I guess when you get to a certain level, like. You know these little things do help and yeah, they add course, up yeah, and uh, yeah. they make a difference so I, 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 like any sport as you get into that right at that point in the end of it again mm-hmm. it's all about the old cycling term of marginal marginal gain so if you you know you don't have to think about what tube do i get it's rammed i'm on my feet and just yeah, all yeah. these things make small small you know benefits definitely maybe staying in a penthouse hotel and things like that rather than <laughs> dodgy b and b yeah not quite probably but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what's your plans to all oh, well yeah what are your plans 2020 um uh, so i'm on target tokyo so that's obviously olympics um i've been on this little program it was like they're piloting it can i just interrupt so i know you don't like labels but why are you ranked in the uk for walking i don't know if you don't like a label but uh i'm not 100 percent sure that's like top three okay for like three to 20k okay sorry you were saying so tokyo (laughs) um i mean it's ambitious. It's very ambitious. But basically, I Love Man Sport came up with this program last year um, as a pilot, just to kind of see what could happen. Um, it kind of just offers you a little bit more support so you can go on um, like the extra training camp. Uh, for me, it helped me go train down in Leeds with race walkers. Um, uh, more access to physio with Ruth, who yeah, you had right. on. Um, I speak. It's amazing all the people on the pod. They seem it's all like it's in link that people are recommending. Yeah, it's quite people, nice. It's not. It's it's just coincidence. Yeah. But I guess the Alaman. It's not. Yeah. Um, so basically, for that, like you have, it's a dual qualification system. You either get the time 
and come top two in the trial race in the end of May, I think it is. Where's that? It's in Leeds. Okay. Yeah, uh, we race. We race the same race every year. Um, it just so happens to be our trial race this year. Um, What's the time? Ninety-one thirty. Okay. So globally, like it's it's hard. It's a really tough standard, and not a very small percentage of like female athletes are getting it. So the other side of that qualification standard is uh, top sixty world ranking. Um, but then it doesn't guarantee you'll get picked. Do you know where you're on the world ranking again? I want the label on. Um, I think by the time you've taken like, um, so each country can obviously take up to three athletes. So there must be about ten Chinese athletes um, in oh, there. Right. So yeah, yeah. I think when okay. you've deducted it all, it I, oh I see. So yeah, okay. Yeah, it works out like I'm seventieth. Okay. Yeah. So in and around. Yeah. So the. So sorry. So you said the the race the racing leads. When's that? May, uh, did you say? Yeah, end of May. Okay, so that's the I focus think. at the moment to, towards that. Yeah. Well, so before that, there's the World Team Championships. Okay. So that's for GB. Um. So that's a big target. Why's that? That's in Minsk, Belarus. Okay. Missouri again. So when is team? <laughs> when is team? That's uh, I assume, but is that? Obviously, you race individually, and it's just a team event. It's a team event, yeah. So they can take up to five men and five women right. per team, providing right. you get the standard. I'm going to sound like a bit of a biff here, but it's obviously it's the, you know based on the average of the top three or four that finish. I assume of the event. So for so for you racing for GB, they take the top you know out of the five of you to the top three's time, add them together, and that's the. Type of thing, yeah. I assume so. Or placing, he'll right. work on that sort of system, yeah. And, and in that environment, again, it's, it's not you wouldn't work together in any way as a team, or do you just individually uh, go? Not in that, no, not really in race walking. No. You all just try to produce your best performance, yeah. I guess. Um, but like having had last year's team experience at the Europeans, that's it's just like again, it's the next step up because it's world, right. it's global, yeah, yeah. it's not just limited to European countries, right. so. And then obviously they hope to go to Tokyo. When do they select that? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, like I said, it's ambitious, but we're I'm working with a new coach now, and we're gonna still like make it our goal and do all the work that needs to be done to get there. If it doesn't happen, that's fine. Like he's basically spoken with me and feels like we'll aim for it and we'll learn a lot in the process of knowing what it feels like to work at that standard. What and what age? Ollie was talking about the the running age of you know you coming more into your peak thirty. What what? How does that work for race walking? Yeah, I think it's it's quite identical. Um, I mean, at the moment there are a lot of younger athletes coming through and qualifying for Olympics. Um, I think because I've come into it quite late, I've got like um, a young sporting age. Um, Yeah, I think I've got quite a long future still to go. Like at least a good five six years yeah. so ultimately paris olympics is the the actual Race goal four. yeah right okay good good ambitions mm. yeah so that's the future so maybe just to talk about a few other subjects if that's all right so the first one was to talk about well, we'll talk about night trainers first <laughs> and they're obviously a big subject in running particularly well not running particularly What's your thoughts on that? I speak to speak to athletes at all different levels. Some kind of feel that you know it's it's taken away from the 
the core of the sport or the, the purity of the sport should we say and it should be about you know the the body and nothing else uh, and obviously others say look sports advance all different sports advance in different ways what's your take on it all yeah there's a there's definitely a fine line um obviously if we could all just eat bread and drink water and run barefoot that would be the most level you could get you know but that's not going to happen um but like any sport it moves forward um i think what the issue is that people have is how how much the sport has jumped forward in such a small in such a short space of time you know before well the shoes first came about on the scene i believe in the 2016 rio olympics um, oh really? Didn't and they were, yeah, they were all they were actually prototypes. So it was only Nike athletes that that were allowed to to wear them, and even then it was only a select few. So and I believe the the medalists at the game in the marathon were, were all wearing the the shoes, you know. So um, you know, there's there's spark debate there. Obviously, that's in some people's eyes, and you know, I i can't see how that's fair really you know if only a few people can wear that, that shoe you know and i understand that people are in contracts and professional athletes have to wear the shoes they're given um, which is tricky so um, but i think the the technology um, obviously works there's been studies um, you know obviously he's going around from what i hear yeah but yeah you know it's um yeah it, it's definitely um yeah, the sports advance now, and I think the issue I have um, is that you know you can't you can't look you can't compare you know the the good thing about running um, you know it is obviously a pure sport and it, it's nice to look back you know at results from like the eighties or nineties or whenever you know like my dad when he was running it's nice to say oh I beat you PBs you know all this and all that and I think now you just can't do that you know these shoes make such a difference that you know. It's just irrelevant. It's almost like now, there everything that happened in the past has now got to be rewritten. And, yeah, I, you know. I do agree. I mean, I've seen that in different elements of, of cycling as well. But I also think, you know, just to use an example: if, it, if the shoes were still the same today, mm-hmm. nutrition's massively moved on. Yeah, sports science massively moved on. Definitely. So I don't think you can necessarily compare generations no. anyway, just no. by and humans as a, a species continue to develop yeah. and and adapt. So. I do know what you mean, but I, th- I think yeah. that happens anyway. I it's just a bigger yeah. step with that yeah. with that kind of technology or that kind of change. It's it's yeah, and people a big get step in it. Quick, yeah, you know, it, it, it'll take you know maybe a year for everyone to, to forget about what happened and, and you know everyone moves on. But um, you're right, you know, it, it's evolution. You know, it, it happens in every yeah. sport. Um, you know, and people are comparing it to like F1. You know, it's which is completely yeah. not the case. You know, at the end of the day, it's just a pair of shoes, um, and it's you know a, a bit of foam and a carbon plate that's do, making the difference. But you know, I think the argument is just that everyone needs to have access. You to know, the same. to Equally, the same. Yeah. You know, because you know, there's been loads of cases where people haven't had access mm-hmm. to the shoes, and especially you know sponsored athletes, um, and, and you know they're at a disadvantage. You know, there's big money in you know running at the elite level so you know that you know they could be missing out on thousands of pounds yeah. because they're not wear- having the same equipment and this has just never been the case before so and the recent ruling on it was that they're acceptable if i recall yeah so they've they've conveniently m- uh, made the um <laughs> the, the stack height in at uh, what the new um night shoe is going to be at so i believe it was like 
40 mil, I think, is what they so make. So that's the sole of the shoe when you say stack height. Obviously. Yeah, so that effectively the stack height is the amount is, is what the how much material they can put into the shoe. Right. Um, so, you know, I've listened to a few podcasts, you know, from sports scientists saying that they should have made the stack height maybe at 20 mil or even 15, which is what all the other shoes used to be. And then, you know, engineers that can put what they want in it, but. The more space you have in a shoe, the more materials you can put in, okay. and that's what's making the progression. And I, and I presume that they patented or patented, to yeah. pretend I'm saying the word right. Yeah, that's <laughs> so that Reebok can't copy them. Adidas, yeah, whoever they can't be doing something same but very similar. Yeah, like I presume yeah. that there's well, we're saying there's no access to it. I'm getting, uh, there's no talks of anyone any other company trying to be like okay well, we'll do something like that but we'll make a couple of yeah talks I'm to not it. I'm not 100% sure what the ruling is there um, yeah you're right they, they've they've almost made it their own so mm-hmm. no one else can copy um, and all the other co- I presume the other companies must be working yeah, on something that's you know slightly yeah, different but the I'm same. sure they are but you know they've really, you know Nike releasing this new shoe which is going to be better than the the shoe that's now better than everyone else's so it's like you know uh, two steps ahead yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) Um, i think that's the issue is they probably are about three years ahead from Mm. any other company Mm. i I mean i'm just saying i don't know for sure Mm. i don't know anything about it but i know when i wear the shoes i'm from faster so that's that's right and you feel do they feel different running in them yeah so you you do get that kind of it sounds like i'm you know (laughs) 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 but yeah you kind of um you know, you you do feel that kind of proportion when you run, and um, you know it, it, it's um, one of the biggest factors in running is your running economy, which is how efficient you are. So it's it's I'm sure cycling similar. It's like how easily you can perform the skill w- without wasting energy mm-hmm. effectively. So, and these shoes basically make uh, make that easier. So mm-hmm. you're you know you physically have to run, but if you've got a good running economy and and things like that, and it just makes um, you know, you're just saving energy. Um, so, I suppose going back to the discussion we were having earlier about technique in running, is there a is there a golden way of running? Or well, people everyone everyone have different gates, so therefore not it's really. Different. Yeah, um, I th- I, yeah, it's is weight important in running? Like, you, if you lost a few kilos, would that be something that would? Yeah, like, certainly. Yeah. I guess over endurance, it's yeah, it's a tricky uh, subject in distance running. Anyway, weight, um, I'm sure it is in a lot of sports, but. At the end of the day, if you're light um, but strong uh, and fit, then you're gonna go better. If you're carrying four extra kilos, then it's you know you sh- you could lose four kilos, then strap you know two bags of sugar to you and see if you can run as fast as yeah, you know, okay, if, you, yeah. if you're lighter, you're gonna be better. Yeah. So is that that constant battle for both of you with not a battle but that you know keeping that weight as minimum while obviously ultimately you can't fall ill, so it must be a constant battle. No, I, th- I think. Um, I think when you Especially start lots of skips and yeah that's it yeah 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 obviously you've got C to be class crisps yeah you've got to be careful not careful but you've got to be um, conscious of what you eat and and just make sure it's all good stuff really and I think the moment you start worrying about weight is is when you go down a slippery slope because right. I think you know we're both you know putting in a lot of miles and and that just kind of takes care of itself if you're putting in the right fuel then you'll naturally your your body will just shape to what you're doing and that's what it should be if you start trying to cut calories and can lead to all sorts of problems oh yeah right. and injuries and injuries you've you know. heard of reds recently i'm sure no, no, uh so it's like 
uh, relative energy deficient syndrome. Okay. So it's like rife and an elite sport really, right. where people just aren't consuming enough to fulfill the requirements of the sport. Yeah. And then is that because of that philosophy of I need to be as light as possible? So I think there's a lot around that. Yeah. Um, I, I think also looking a certain way. Yeah, there's like this myth that you must look a certain way. Like, I, I, I don't know, like for me personally, I just wouldn't worry about weight. Like Ollie said, like uh, we're doing so many miles day in, day out. So it's kind of nice to know that you can kind of eat whatever you want. It's like everything in moderation, isn't it? Like just making sure you're getting the right, you need the good nutrients and that you can't just be eating processed food. And it's, I feel like it's a bit of a common sense factor. Mm. Um, and I think with like the amount of miles we put in, we don't actually have to worry about um, gaining or losing weight because it's hard to do it anyway, isn't it? Like it is genuinely quite hard to gain weight when you're doing like, the amount that we're doing mm. every week um and i mean there was a big surge a couple of years ago about protein was the be all and end all of recovery is that again when you're looking at nutrition what you're eating how do you just eat like what i'd say like addy which is just sensible healthy food or, or are you analyzing how much protein and things like that you're taking in or not no, no. I, I we don't we don't analyze anything. we don't really analyze like i work with a dietitian right. uh who kind of vaguely gives me an indication of how much protein carbs yeah fiber etc yeah Yeah. how like how it should be on my plate so i have that awareness but then when you get into a good routine of this is what i need x sort of thing like yeah 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 yeah. and like god we'll go out and enjoy meals out and stuff like we won't think twice every day yeah like we won't think twice about things like that yeah yeah that's healthy though because it can get unhealthy yeah well this is my point yeah Yeah, it can get so unhealthy and i think that's where these like myths around weight and how endurance athletes like specifically should look just aren't helpful yeah i think if you're a happy athlete you're a good athlete yeah so if you can make you know your well-being and if this you know you know having a chocolate bar or a donut you know helps you know brings joy to you that's gonna help isn't it so i think that's important so to sw- switch gears a little bit, and maybe get a bit serious. Drugs, drugs and sport. It's it's ev- the rally is it's everywhere. As in, it's in every sport, and I, I just don't believe there isn't a sport that where, where it happens at some level at some different different stage. So, do you? I'm not going to ask. Do you see it? But just your, you know. So there's awareness. I assume you get drugs tested. The levels you're at now. I've never been drug tested. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, it's we. It's a weird one because. I'm competing at all the competitions where drug testing happens and everyone around me in the rankings has had drug tests, but I've never had one yet. Um, I'm dreading the day it happens. Yeah, and I'm dreading the day it happens, to be quite honest, because it's not very dignifying. But it has to happen and, like, do it because if you've got nothing to, like, nothing to hide, that's your opportunity to prove Mm -hmm. that. Um, Is that that whole process that, I mean, is that... uh, is it Netflix or that documentary a little while ago about the Russians wasn't it oh, um, Icarus Icarus yeah. yeah and it's a great documentary that, uh, yeah. that just twists and turns but you talk about the indi- uh, the indignity of it of which it is because I believe they st- I don't know I've not had one but they, they basically stand in over you watching you yeah it never used to be the know, case apparently you used to go so into a closed tube stand inside yeah. their hands and stuff like that well apparently you just go into like a closed bathroom yeah. pee in a cup but then anything could be happening behind a closed door. Yeah. So now it's 
Well, there's, there's like, you know, like it's not just the athletes and it's the agents and, yeah. um, you, you know, um, you, there's people working for these athletes that are kind of covering it up as well. So it's, it's, it goes way deep yeah. into the... Uh, so, so I suppose we look at it like the Salazar situation who, uh, I don't know whether he's been found guilty or not, so I don't know whether I get a lawsuit for talking well, he's about He's been it. banned for four oh, years. Right, okay. So, yeah. so he, you know, he was... Well, I assume they must have evidence. I don't know that much about the story other than it's obviously linked with, I think it was Oregon, yeah. Night Project. So it's, I'd, yeah, it's, it's all a bit strange really because he's been banned for four years but none of his athletes have been banned. Right. So unless he's doping his hamsters then I don't really, uh, <laughs> don't really know why really, he's been banned. Really fast hamsters yeah, on so, the wheels yeah. <laughs> the night trainers Exactly, on. yeah. <laughs> the night trainers. Hell of a fast wheel. But yeah. Nike yeah. trialling on, on the same hamsters. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's... Yeah, I mean it's quite sad really that this all happens, but um, it shouldn't be this way. But no, sadly, yeah, it's the world we live um, in, isn't it? But yeah, I, 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 I mean, don't maybe you don't want to ask the question, but would you, you believe elite walkers and runners are? I don't know. Why do I need to ask the question? But do you think that goes on at the eleven? Oh, 100%. unfortunately, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and would you report? I've interest. Would you report if you saw someone doing something? Would you report them? Hundred percent. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because again, I don't think so. Quite, I think you know a lot of athletes talk about anti, and rightly so, anti-drugs. Um, I think I've never seen an athlete ask that question of "Would you report?" I mean, again, maybe it's all done behind closed doors. And I'd like, obviously, I'd like, You'd to, like think to think that I you would, would yeah. but obviously, you know, there's stories of like Lance Armstrong and professional cycling teams where you're in that bubble, you're all your teammates, your best mates, you know, and you know, one of them. I, you know, it's not obviously like I said, it's not just the athletes; it's the doctors and the coaches are all involved. And if you go against that, then you're kicked out, and yeah. then you're obviously financial backlash, and you might not. At the end of your career. Yeah, you might not ever get on the bike again professionally. Yeah. You know, that's that's all. If that's all you know, and that's all you do, then it, I think it'd be very hard for someone to to, to kind of dob someone or, or just say point blank, I'm not taking it. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I'd like to think I would say that, but I think that's where running is quite niche in the fact it is individual, yeah, individual um, and, and walking but um you do get training groups obviously and you know random mountains across the world <laughs> you know they're probably doing dodgy stuff but uh you know we can just do what we do within the rules and that's yeah we can you sleep, sleep well at night you know yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so in the gb when you've been with gb around do they do much education around that for the athletes so they talk to you about yeah. that so um, I haven't actually done anything specifically with GB, but uh, pre Commonwealth, you weren't—you literally weren't allowed to be on the team unless you'd been to the drugs talk. Okay. And it was all—it was like education on uh, check every single uh, sort supplement. of medicine or supplement that you put into your body using like Global Drow, and you can literally like you type you put in like what status you are if you're a coach an athlete whatever what sport you do so obviously athletics for us and then you type and it can be as something as simple as lemsip medicine like that's been one of the biggest yeah it's um, just got an ingredient in that just it's just got this and this is the thing like you have to be checking every single ingredient and it's just believe as an athlete like i've heard stories where they've been like oh my coach gave him a trainer do you believe the ultimate responsibility lies with you guys you. So if you have yeah, someone around you, team around you so take this lemsip as an example have you checked it yeah you just would you just you know you i personally would check it but i know that I, I know that i've been on camps where people would just say so it could just be something as simple as like a hydro tablet from a specific brand um and people will just oh I just, can i just borrow a hydro can you lend me a hydro tablet but I personally, from the education I've been given, I wouldn't take off someone else. Like every um, 
product I use, for example, has a batch code on. You can go onto a website, I think it's called Informed Sport. You type the batch code in and it'll tell you if it's been batch tested and the date. It'll tell you exactly what the product is and if everything matches with what that product is and if it's been batch tested, technically that means it's safe to take. If something hasn't been batch tested, you shouldn't take it. Yeah. Do, you, do, do you keep a track of like supplements and things you take? So yeah. should that scenario go where you're challenged about something, you can go, well, certainly my log, I appreciate it, it might be a lot, but you've got a log of what you're doing and what yeah. you're taking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you both do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's what I you know, again, massive detail of just trying to do a sport you love and you mm-hmm. kind of, but it's not having to cover your horse yeah. in that sense, but just that continual. Well, I think it's, yeah, it's like anything, isn't it? Like if you if you're, you know, good at business, you know, I guess there's when you get to a, when you make so much money, you get to a point where you bend the rules and things like that happen. I'm sure it's the same in sport. You know, there's such a big gap between club, well, in running, there's such a big gap between club running, even national running in the UK to then the elite, you know, there's no really in between. So it's, I'm not saying that everyone, that every elite athlete's on drugs, but you know, it's um, interesting that, you know, what gets you to that point and then even further on like how does one then get Olympic medal say um, so but yeah it's it's sad that it happens but in those environments with other athletes do you, do you have those talk about those conversations or just not talk about it or? Um, I personally no never no. had that chat no. Um, never no no, no. no. Okay. alright that's the serious stuff over with so this year we obviously talked about your ambitions you've obviously got a few new sponsors on board this year as well do you want to talk about them a little bit and how that will help you you guys as well Mm -hmm. yeah so we both just um got on board with rl360 yeah they're new like they've got a new athletic program basically to give us a little bit of extra support getting to some training camps throughout the year so that we can train at like like like-minded like level athletes Mm -hmm. and that's financial yeah, that that bit is yeah, just getting to the training camps, getting off the island, and actually getting to a camp. Right, and for three six three sixty, there, I guess looking at helping you move on to the next stage, looking to invest in local athletes. I assume that's what they're looking to get out of it from. For yeah, I mean it's all new, isn't it, for yeah. them as well as us. Right. Um, well, I think they've seen potential in um, myself, Erica, and Matty Bostock, um, which is obviously great, um, and we're very privileged to work with them. Um, I think it's about putting the island on the map, you know, globally, because obviously Eric has already been international competition, Commonwealth Games, um, top 10 finish, which is incredible. And I think, you know, you know, after sharing our ambitions with them, I think they were like, you know, well, we need to this get on board. Yeah. And but it's giving back to them as well, isn't exactly, it? Like yeah. they give to us, but we have to essentially work for them in the process. Yeah. Um, they want us to like offer education to their staff and, yeah, again, it's certainly happened, you know, in a, in, a, in a work environment and that well-being of staff and, uh, you know, activity, being healthy. Again, as young athletes, you talked about earlier about you just enjoyed running for running because it's yeah. not always about competition, it's just yeah. about people getting out and exercising. And this is it. it, they were like, Erica, go and take a, um, a group of people on a walk, like maybe the people that aren't comfortable to run, mm. go and take them on a walk, mm. Ollie do the same thing, go and take people who are interested in running on a run, mm, yeah. offer them some advice, tips. Yeah. 
Yeah, and they're doing that a lot with businesses on the island, I believe, you know, just trying to get people... Just improving people's health you know, and well-being. splitting the day up, you know, just going out for a walk or a run, mm. you know. Massive, it can just boost you so much. Massive yeah. health benefits, physically and mentally. I'm know. sure there's some reward for you guys while helping yeah. people, you know. Oh, definitely. I mean, if we can do that, it's a, it's a bonus Yeah, you us, can transform, you know, one person's life, you know, into an active lifestyle, you know, and eat well and, you know, just... Do a sport, and it can just lead, like it can lead to anything. Like I come from a completely unsporty background, and yeah, yeah, you just never know. Yeah. Did you have and you? I know three hundred and sixty the bike shop. We're on three hundred and sixty mode here with RL. <laughs> three hundred and sixty the bike shop are helping. Yeah, yeah. Helping you they're right next well. door as well. So yeah. <laughs> are they helping you out? Yeah, they're they're helping me out a little bit financially as well. Okay. Um, nutrition. Nutri- uh, nutrition partner. So they are actually my nutrition partner as well through um, Morton. Okay. Which is. Um, a Swedish brand um, and yeah they're um, now I'm stepping up to marathon um, or marathon training um, you know that's essential you know any anything running over you know an hour you need you need that nutrition so right. they're helping me out there as well so on a marathon would you would you carry gels with you then would that be typical or is they left on a table or how does that work uh, yeah so I'll probably have you know one gel in, mm. in, on me you know just in my pocket or whatever. Um, so running shorts have pockets today. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, occasionally, yeah. Not women's, but men's. Right. But we just shove ours in our crop tops. But if oh, not, right. then I would just put, I just put, I'd salivate the gel to a drink. You know, so okay, I'd grab yeah. my drink and then I would, if I want the gel, I'll take it. Okay, um, yeah. And and yeah, so I'll probably have my drinks every five k. Again, it's a bit of a skill in itself. You know, practicing finding your drink as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and especially like you know. You know, running at a, a fairly decent, you know, it's quite hard to then pick up a drink and actually drink it. Your breathing kind of goes out the window a little bit, and you know, it, it is hard to do. So you have to practice. And obviously, with with Morton and Cycle Three Sixty helping me with that, it's it's really it helps so much. Mm. Yeah, because that's where I went wrong in my first marathon. <laughs> right, okay, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Just getting used to the fueling. Just, yeah, fueling. I didn't fuel um, a bit, um, you know, and I, well, I couldn't. I wasn't actually an elite athlete there, so I didn't. I had to kind of give my drinks to. Um, it was called a sub elite, so the, you know a lot of people are kind of in that sub elite category. Mm-hmm. So when I got to my drink station, it was there was probably about two hundred drinks on this table, mm-hmm. and they all had ribbons and you know. You have to identify your own. Yeah. yeah. So, so if I just had, you tend to stop, wouldn't you? Yeah. So if I just had a plain water bottle. It would have stood out basically, <laughs> no. but I had all these things on, trying to make it my own, like Manx flag sticking out. I could not find it for the life of me. Mm. So I was like, oh, so I've just got to take water. Um, and I got found out. Yeah, you can't get away with it. Right. So, and I suppose again, not that you want to take someone else's bottle, or, or be it someone else got well, to take yours. Yeah, but you yeah. don't know what's in that bottle. That's it. it. And you know, someone said that to me. Was like, oh, you know, you should just take in any bottle. And I was like. Well, yeah, it could have made a difference, but as you said, you don't know what's in it. You don't know what's in it, and like we've tried so many different. You have you try so many different products. Yeah, you get used to. And not all of them. Yeah, it's taken me months to get like used to one product. Yeah. yeah. So like that's just a a mission in itself. So if you end up taking something that doesn't agree with you, game over. Well, potentially. Moral of the story is just practice. (laughs) Yeah. And And really decorate that bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Massive pink ribbon. That's it. Yeah. Just uh, just before, well, maybe just to f- uh, finish up, in regard to, you know, do you have heroes, whether it be in your sport or not? Do you have people you look up to or have historically? Uh, when I was growing up, it was, um, yeah, Tiger Woods was definitely a bit of a hero. Um, I think 
more from his psychology type yeah. you know, you know it we just took it to another level didn't yeah we? his approach to like uh, the sport you know you know how he was so much better than everyone else was just stood out to me and then you know now like with Elliot Kipchoge running under two hours granted he's wearing the special shoes but yeah. you know he you know he's still head and shoulders above everyone else and and he and he's big on psychology and okay. you know kind of mind over matter type thing and I you know I think there is some science in that and it's just you know incredible really to these human achievements what he's done you know it's inspiring yeah what about yourself I reckon I actually got asked this question at the Royal London 360 okay. launch and right. I don't know if it's because I'm just new to it all yeah. I couldn't pick anyone well, I guess I just kind of like it when people have an ambition and kind of go from nowhere to chase that ambition okay yeah I wouldn't be able to name anyone specifically I'm really not sure but you might apply that then to what you're trying to do with Tokyo which is yeah I mean literally like last year when I got put on the program I I couldn't tell anyone because I thought oh my god they're gonna laugh at me Mm. like because it's such an ambitious thing but like uh, the more I kind of trained and like the more experiences I've had I'm like actually no there's actually nothing stopping like stopping me from trying to work towards that level and the only way we're gonna find out if I can do it is by trying so They, they tell a story when Neil McGregor was in here, he was telling a story of when he was on the sports academy and Cav came in at 14 and said, I'm going to do all these things and all those things he's now done. Mm-hmm. But a force he when someone walks in and says that, albeit he kind of stood back because not everyone, everyone was saying that and a lot of people might have that natural instinct to go, you know, whatever. But you know, there's nothing wrong with ambition at all. No, and like, like, like I said, I'm, I'm not going to know unless I try. And it's a confidence thing. Like I'm not the mass, I'm not an overly confident person at all and I never have been. But seeing like where I've started and to where I've gotten now, like I didn't think I'd even achieve that. So something's going right, and I'm going to give it a good shot, basically. And um, one other question: You play the harp. I do. <laughs> good at it. Not that I know what good or a bad harp. I'm all right. Is and you play it just at home in front of the fire I don't know where you're playing yeah, harps no, or like, is it you know do you play in <laughs> bands do harps have bands um, yes yeah, so like when I first started I was in like a little folk band okay. a little folk music and I grew up playing uh, folk music and got to travel to some awesome places doing that um, and then when I was in like GCSE A level time I think it was a, a procrastination type thing and I started like a little YouTube channel just okay. doing covers um, so is that still there? No. Okay. Let's say no. <laughs> yeah, it's so in the it archives, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, any, because I was going to say... we EricKellyMusic.com. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's tough because we're going to find something Please, on, the, I mean, on the play out of the uh, podcast. Uh, a bit hard, <laughs> I shouldn't have said nothing. <laughs> um, but basically, like, I ended up like doing a little EP, okay. which kind of... It was a, an amazing experience, but like you're kind of... Uh, what's the word? Like... It's all very exciting and you're carried away into this little bubble of something you never thought, again, never thought you would do. And I ended up producing something with uh, a producer in down in London, but it wasn't me. It's not my style. <laughs> so it's not, like, I'm proud when of it. When you say style, as in the music style. Yeah, it's not, like, it's not something, like, I would produce now. Right. Uh, like, it's an amazing thing to have done. Okay. And then it got to, like, number five in the iTunes charts. Oh, right, okay. So, 
very uh, why are you very coy about it all? I don't know. I just think it's quite it's cool, and I am quite proud. But I, I I'm not the sort of person I, I hate the sound of my own voice, and I can't even. Well, we've only been two hours. You'd be all right. Yeah. That's why I run a podcast. I can't even yeah. bear the thought of listening to that. Yeah. Um, and some people take the piss and will play it in cars. <laughs> Although I did mistake you for a very famous musician. You did, that was a good compliment. I think I was with one of my friends uh, at uni and he was like, he found out that Eric was they? on Spotify or whatever, or iTunes, and he played one of the songs. And I was just like, listening to it, like, oh, is this, this so-and-so? It's like, really good. And then he's like, he's like dude, she girlfriend. I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> sure, but no, flattered. like, like now it's, it's just like... Um, you know he's made that song. I don't though. like yeah, being... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just don't. some of the questions at the start. I'm like, yeah, let redeem myself then. Don't like being the front person, if that makes sense. I'm not no. a leader or anything. Um, so I kind of took it back a bit and I just do like weddings, right? plays, people walk down aisles, okay. do corporate events. It's so very suppose, nice. So I suppose get, uh, just finishing off and people to reach out, you do that type of work? Yeah, if they want to get in touch. And then if they want to just follow you as an athlete, where would they find you? It's all I'm all under the same username, Erica Kelly Music. Okay. So on all the social media. <laughs> yeah. I just never changed it from back in the day basically. But then I kind of like that there's just there's like numerous sides. I'm not just an athlete. Yeah, no, I think sense. it's important that really Rich Hill talks yeah. about identity outside identity, of sport. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And re- for reaching out for you all, where would they find you? Yeah, I'm on social media just about, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just reach out there and follow yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. Okay, well, thank, uh, thanks for coming in. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, it's been a, a long, a long, great chat. Good to understand. Good luck for the future. Obviously, very two mm. very good athletes. Uh, so yeah, thanks for your time. Thank you very thank much, Kevin. No, no, absolute pleasure. Do you want to finish up, Matt? Yeah. yeah. Um, so wherever you're listening to us today, um, please like, subscribe, share, and leave those five star reviews. Um, if you're on social media. On Facebook, we're the M Word Podcast. Twitter, Mike Sports Pod, and on Instagram, we are the M Word I O M. Thanks again. Thanks for letting us in your ear. Uh, it's word out from me and the harp, which is coming up shortly. <laughs> word out from that. <laughs>